0: (laughs) 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 Uh. (laughs) 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 Hello there, you are listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for Enemy. My name is Tom Chick and I am here to discuss Enemy with you Along with, I've brought with me uh, this week, Christian Muriloski.
1: It's uh, Christian St. Muroski.
0: <laughs> and with an enemy tagline, Kelly Wand. Why do they keep
2: mispronouncing Doppler Ganger. Huh. Okay. <laughs>
0: Uh, so this is the week that Maleficent opened. Um, if you listen to these podcasts as we post them, uh, we didn't go see Maleficent. Uh, I saw Enemy, uh, I guess, a couple of – maybe a couple months ago now. Uh, decided I wanted these guys to see it um, and decided it was a good one that we could talk about on the podcast when there's something opening that we have no desire to see. So instead of Maleficent, we uh, saw Enemy this week. Uh, and before How we many- – how
2: many weeks did it take us to get to something we didn't want to see?
0: Um, well, we've also done other replacement things. I mean, summers good. it's going to be—it's difficult getting through summer, Kelly. Wand. Uh, these summer reviews Is it almost over. I think so. Yes, feels yeah. like it's been yeah. going on forever. Uh, once Memorial Day happens, there's only at that point—I think—three more months of summer.
2: So Hercules was the first summer
0: blockbuster. Uh, so uh, before we we talk about Enemy, I want to uh, – I, so I wrote it up for quarter to three, uh, and one of the things that I like to do when I, – I wouldn't even call them movie reviews. I'll just write a short blurb about a movie I've seen, uh, and the way that I think about it is how would I talk about this movie to someone without ruining for him or her the things that I wouldn't want ruined for me? Um, And that's kind of difficult to do because I don't even want people to talk about a movie before I see it. I want to hear nothing. So I kind of have to assume somebody is a little less sensitive than me. What can I write about this movie? What can I say that won't spoil anything for them? Um, So Enemy was particularly challenging. So maybe you haven't seen Enemy. Maybe you have. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to tell you what I wrote about it, which I think is safe for people who haven't seen it. And uh, Dingus, you're as sensitive as I am about this kind of thing. So afterwards, you'll have to let me know if you think this – And I haven't seen it, so. (laughs) Uh, Well, I look forward – I do look forward to the synopsis. Oh. Um, So here's here's my uh, quote-unquote review of Enemy. I once held a tarantula. A friend of mine worked for an exotic animal company. He would load up his car with Tupperware containers poked with air holes. Inside, there were snakes, skinks, hissing cockroaches, and spiders. He would bring them to children's birthday parties and show them to the children. One day, he dropped by my house on the way to returning the animals from a birthday party. He put the hissing cockroach on his nose. He showed us the snakes. The skinks sulked in their Tupperware, not doing much of anything. And then he asked, do you want to hold a tarantula? I thought, no, no, of course not. No, absolutely not. But I said, maybe. He took it out of the Tupperware and he held it cupped in his hand. It looked like it was thinking terrible spider things. It very slowly moved one leg and then another. Okay, I said, my courage buoyed by the fact that he was holding it himself and not freaking out. So I said, here's the deal. I'm going to hold out my hand and look away. You put it in my hand, but get ready to take it off if I ask you, okay? Okay, he said. He put it on my hand. I could barely feel it. It was eight almost imperceptible points of lightly furred contact with my palm, with my wrist. One of the points delicately moved up, and then down, and then another. It was moving. A tarantula, barely heavier than the air, was moving on my arm. I didn't turn my head to look at it. The feeling was quite enough. Enemy is as unsettlingly effective as those imperceptible points of contact with the legs of a spider. It is subtle, insidious, creepy, working at a level deeper than what you're seeing. It creates something sickly in the pit of my stomach, and when it ended, I immediately rewatched it a second time because that's the kind of movie it is. It is one of the most mind-blowing movies about one man's relationship to women since Fellini's Eight and a Half. Enemy is also a welcome reminder of Jake Gyllenhaal's range and depth as an actor, It wouldn't work if long shots of Jake Gyllenhaal acting didn't work. Enemies adapted from a novel called The Double by José Saramago, a Portuguese author I know from his novel Blindness, which was also adapted into a movie that's haunting for very different reasons. Saramago's absurdist story provides a foundation for Enemy, but Canadian director Denis Villeneuve films something that owes more to David Lynch and David Cronenberg, more existential than absurd. Villeneuve's previous previous movie, Prisoners, was safely grim in that manipulative way of studio-approved movies about missing children that star Morgan Freeman. But there is nothing safe in Enemy, and nothing that an American studio would have approved. And it's not merely grim, and there's no villain or evuncular presence or even an aha twist. This is languid, arthouse art house weirdness that sometimes resembles a horror movie with its discrete use of CG. It is a puzzle with a solution that you might not like or even care to solve, but the solution is there. You just have to be willing to hold it in your hand and look at it. So that is what I thought, okay, I've seen Enemy, I want to talk about it, I want to tell people about it and get them to see it. This is as much as I'm willing to write without giving things away. So that said, uh, Dingus, what would you add to that to describe Enemy to someone who hasn't seen it without spoiling anything? I don't know that I need to say anything. I mean, that pretty much does it. All right. Kelly Wand, uh, oh, you know, we, I guess I should do this stuff. Uh, Enemy made no money. It didn't really have a theatrical release. Um, Actually, it's really? not really true. It's, it's, made, it's, it's racked up a cool million uh, <laughs> from, from uh, release to movie theaters. It yeah. did a very limited run around the U.S. Um, I suspect because it came out – I think Dennis Villanueva, and I'm probably butchering his name. I think he shot Enemy before Prisoners, and huh. I, I think it languished somewhere. And then no. Prisoners, doing so well, secured it uh, uh, enough of a release schedule to where it made some money. Um, on metacritic which is it should have opened at 8 theaters i get that kelly uh, on, on metacritic which is the average rating from various reviews enemy is at 60 hmm. on rotten tomatoes which is the percentage of reviews that are positive enemy is at 75% damn
2: no 8s at all <laughs> you would think well no 5 6 7 and then
0: 8s the next one so if you do blotted. it If you do enough math, you can always come to an end. I know. That's the great thing about it. So, Kelly Wand, then, why don't you give us a synopsis? So, if you haven't seen Enemy, um, I certainly loved it. I'm curious to see what these guys think of it. I really liked what you wrote, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, I I think it's not for everyone. I can imagine certain people seeing Enemy and thinking, what? Uh, And not really getting it or caring enough about it or not working. It's a weird movie. So, maybe you haven't seen it. Uh, If you're willing to have it spoiled for you, we're going to have Kelly Wand – Break down the events of this movie for us, spoiler But <laughs> the spoiler master Kelly Wand is going to bring you an Enemopsis. right? See, Yeah, see, yeah. We're we're, we're really in a we're, we're we're firing on all cylinders together on this one, Kelly Wand. There's no ambiguity, ironically, about about uh, your about the synopsis or about enemy.
2: Well, just the title, right? Is what you would think it would be.
0: Um, I mean, and uh, let's see where
2: you're, what were you going to say
0: well, let's see where you go from there I'm, this is something I've been looking forward to hearing ever since uh, you guys agreed that we could do an, an enemy <laughs> podcast
2: <laughs> no one's going to say that sentence ever <laughs> that came out wrong um, okay but yeah it is like spider legs that's a good point it's delicate and fragile
0: you can use that in the synopsis if you like
2: no, it's too late. But well, let's see, all right,
0: yeah.
2: Anamopsis. Some words are all chaos. Is just stuff you didn't understand in a movie that you haven't looked up the explanation for online yet. Some skyscrapers are all. Uh... There's two Donnie Darko's per city. One has a job where he says stuff that was written down for him, and the other's an actor. They both got beards and chest scars. One of these is brown and furry, and the other's a beard. They both got blonde girlfriends, differences zero, who might be spiders or pregnant with spiders, like Sally Field was with Andrew Garfield in this summer's other biggest horror movie.
0: Disappointed, She's she's his aunt. What's the matter with you?
2: Whatever, Nerd. (laughs) Sometimes one of the Gyllenhaals gets bored. So, sometimes one of the Gyllenhaals gets bored enough to have dinner with Isabella Rossellini, or goes with his doorman to a fight club where chicks take on spiders. (laughs) Whenever the chicks on break, all the guys in the audience grip their heads and try to read the spider's mind, because a chick's mind can never truly be known. Every every, (laughs) Jesus, who wrote this garbage. (laughs) Every day, the teacher Jill and Hall saw, as you can see from these diagrams on my chalkboard, dictators keep power by charging people admission to two things, bread and circuses. Allegories are suppressed, which is weird since they're usually too complicated for anybody to understand. And any questions? Yes, idiot with bong. No, uh third row. What country are we in, white man? Uh... Well, so far this story could be taking place in any city in the world. Although I know in Mexico the spiders can get kind of big. But for now, let's just say our postal code's Metaphoria. <laughs> he winks at the craft services table. It wakes up screaming. He hangs out with a podcast teacher in the teachers' lounge. The guy <laughs> saw. Hey, Joe and all, you like movies? <laughs> That's how that guy talked. Nope, it sucked. Well, yeah, but you can rent them now.
0: Tell the one s- that that part would have been played by me. Oh,
2: your West Wing, you or the Watson? I dropped my pipe, guy. That's a very good question. Crutch, manly <laughs> handshake, you. Uh yeah, rent movies. Uh, we're living in the future. Yeah. Thanks, whatever your character's name is. We'll never see you again. But having sex with my girlfriend's just about all the renting I can handle. (laughs) Oh, dude, you're missing out. There's this one called Wild Wild West. It has a giant spider in it. But it's not a real spider. It's an allegory. See, that way we're learning how dumb our real culture is, what we think we're paying to watch CG walk around. It's like getting a different movie for each eye or paying twice to see half a trailer. Yeah, I'm not interested, unless they're cheerful. Then I can't get enough of them. Oh. oh! Oh, wait, no, me too. You should check out this one called Nebraska. It's a meat cute about a guy who wins the lottery. Also heard multiplicity's good. Eventually the scene ends. That night, Jake Gyllenhaal's laptop dreams he's a bellhop, and then sends him a copy of the dream as a wave file. He looks up the apartment building of the actor who played him in The Vine. <laughs> I'm trying to say what I think things are uh, called. And tells the real bellhop there, who looks like nobody, Hey, I'm stammering. Please ignore it and give me my double's mail. He goes to a payphone and calls his double's number. A chick picks up and goes, Hello? He's all, hey, that's weird. We have different phone numbers. I mean, we both look like bellhops. Wait, let me start all over. He hangs up, takes it off the hook, goes to a different payphone, and dials the second payphone's number. It's a busy signal. He's all, whoa, and slumps to the sidewalk, sobbing while a dozen of his doubles watch from the craft services table. Then all roll their eyes and start bickering over how they would have slumped differently. He takes some deep breaths, gets his shit together, plans out carefully what he wants to say, methodically writes it all down very legibly, and calls the number again. The chick's all, hello? He's all, uh... <laughs> ask me something only your husband wouldn't know, and I won't know it either. <laughs> Who is this? My husband? Maybe. What's your husband's name? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, with how many A's? Two? Two? And Jake? No, Gyllenhaal. Ugh. Sorry, wrong number. I mean, you must be my double's wife. Am I there right now? I mean, tell the other me, who also has a beard, just to meet me in a hotel room. Once I see his chest, I'll know for sure if something supernatural's going on. He hangs up. Meanwhile, the other him comes home. That guy's all... Hey uh something blobity blah blah, blah blah blueberries, honey. Did you catch that first part? Who was that guy you just called with your voice just now? Oh my doppelganger? My doppler ganger? Quit being weird. The phone rings. He picks it up, listens, hangs up, then goes I'll be right back. Don't worry. He meets the teacher in a hotel room and goes Wow, we're both so wooden, it's crazy. Hey, do you have a chest scar down here on my stomach? Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Ellen Moffat, she broke my heart. This scene was a mistake. Back to the future, too. Yeah, eventually one of them bails. The other one looks at us, shakes his head, and goes, doubles. Sidebar, after the first couple times I had sex, I was pretty sure that I hadn't done it right. Then one day I saw a documentary about Praying Manises. When Praying Manises have sex, the female rips the male's head off at the end. Then I was all, oh, cool, I am doing all right. Since his mom tells him to stop being such a bad actor, the other Hall rehearses Raging Bull in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Goes, nailed it! Then tells the other him that the solution to all their metaphysical problems is to switch sex partners for the evening. Like in the change-up. The plan's a success in that one couple dies, and the other couple also dies. The radio's all, here's your news, there was a car accident. You know the news, giant spider's just been named savior of the city. Jake Gyllenhaal turns it off and goes, hey honey, did you hear me turn the radio off? Honey? He opens the door. But she's trying on a cashmere scarf. It's a brown.
0: The end. Thank you, Kelly One.
2: I wasn't really paying attention.
0: It can be a tough movie to follow. I don't
2: know what that means.
0: <laughs> uh, am I the only one here who's seen Prisoners? Neither, neither of you guys. I saw watched the
2: middle of it, and then I stopped watching after uh, the guy gets his gun, and I went through the game, and then I
0: bailed out of it. All right. Uh, I, I, I see so little in common I, between this and Prisoners. I, I wondered if you guys had anything to say. Both of them. What about both of them? Jake Gyllenhaal's. On well, right, right. The same director. Analysis. There is some cast crossover, isn't there? Right. Um, and he looks a little. He looks pretty intense in
2: all the scenes.
0: Uh, all right. Well, then let's let's uh, just go straight to this. Then uh, um, uh, Kelly Wand had. Uh, you know, Dingus, Why don't you go first, Dingus, What did you think of this weird thing?
1: I loved it. I Absolutely loved it. I love the way it's shot. I love the way it looks. I'm crazy about the music, which is done by the a pair of people who did the music for Martha Mar- Marcy May Marlene. What? Are you serious? Yeah, the uh, they same did the, music. They didn't do the same music. They did different music for it. Yes, but they. But yeah they scored it it's got it's a couple of guys named um uh Danny Benzi and Sandra Gerionss. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but uh I really really love the music the The atmosphere of this movie is just incredible The score um, is a huge part of it, yeah, yeah, and the score is a huge part of it and I was just so curious about who these guys or who who did this I didn't know it was a couple of people um uh, and I looked them up um and uh, I didn't know I don't know much of what else they've done. Um, necessarily, but I, I just immediately keyed on Martha Marcy May Marlene, Um, which made a big a big deal for me. But what what I love about it is the first time I've watched this maybe three or four times. I still don't know that I uh, I really understand it. Um but what I love about it is that the first after the first time watching it, um I was talking about having watched it and I was just I couldn't remember what time period it was in because uh, it's got this, it's got such a great way that it's shot and it looks it's this weird sort of dystopian uh, sepia kind of a thing that it does um, and I was like, is there anything that would put it in the modern era? Uh, do they even use cell phones? And obviously they, they do. Um, but, and laptops. But, you
0: know, yeah, exa- exactly. A, on a laptop? Yeah, yeah
1: but, but that didn't those things didn't key on me. All I could think about were the ideas in it. I I couldn't even remember the the fact that he sat down on a bench and and watched a woman talking on a cell phone and she or or as he walked away she calls somebody on the cell phone. I, all I could think of was him stopping by a payphone at one point. Um, so the movie is is hugely affecting as far as ideas are concerned, but um, uh, so much so that I that I couldn't even remember the time period it was set in. So so yeah, it really it really hit me.
0: I do wonder if – because it was obviously – it was shot in Toronto um, and I wonder if we'd seen movies shot in Canada more often that weren't trying to pretend they were New York or whatever. Like a lot of times production goes to Canada and it's just standing in for New York. I I wonder if this is what a movie that's just like, you know what, I'm shot in Toronto and I'm not going to hide it, looks like. Um, Because I've seen a couple other movies that are shot in Toronto where obviously it wasn't trying to be hidden and those apartment buildings – there 's something kind of weirdly oppressive and dingus you use the word dystopian, um, but they 're nice buildings i mean it 's not there 's no sense of squalor to it, um, so I wonder if this is what Toronto looks like to people who live there and when movies are <laughs> shot there that aren 't trying to hide the fact that it 's Toronto I like, think what i 'm referring to is sort of more of a sense
1: of dread um, than a sense of uh, of apocalypse.
0: Well, certainly, like some of the scenes that are shot, and I'm specifically thinking of one shot, which is – I presume these are these must be helicopter shots. There, there's a shot over an apartment building where there's some weird thing going on with the way the focus is being pulled, and it looks like the building is stretching. And there are shots, a couple of shots of what must be famous buildings if you live in Toronto, of these two buildings that look like kind of twisted cylinders. And they're almost like dancing with each other, and they're, they're twins. I mean, they're facing – Weirdly shaped buildings. Um, Aren't and, and those gorgeous, though? Isn't that they're, they're beautiful. And, yeah, and that's yeah. why I'm like, you know, if you shoot in Toronto, why wouldn't you show this off? Oh, because Toronto's pretending to be New York in most movies. Um, but, but I can't help but think, wow, this must be, you know, people in Toronto, like, do they think, yeah, this is our city? There's a joke, I think kind of a joke, when the guy says, hey, do you like movies? In that great little scene, the guy says something too about – and it's a local film if you care about that sort of thing, <laughs> which makes me wonder is is this Dennis Villanueva sort of – is this a little comment that he's making about being able to shoot in Toronto and not and, – and being able to be proud that this is Toronto? Because right. um, I don't think it hides. I don't think uh, – you're right. There's something very – um uh, universal about it, certainly, but I don't think it ever hides that it's in Toronto in terms of street signs. I think you see the name of his university a couple of times, certainly license plates. Uh, I, I think if you look, it's never in your face, but if you look, it, it, I think you can definitely tell, oh, you're, you're in Toronto. Um, uh, Kelly Wand, what did you think of this movie?
2: I loved it. I thought it, it was really creepy, mm-hmm. and then... I didn't know where it was going, and up until the last shot, I still didn't know where it was going, which I think is becoming a really big thing that will make me really like a movie, because Under the Skin was like that, too. Like, up until the last shot, I'm like, what's happening? But I never felt lost. Mm -hmm. Um, In this, I didn't pick up that it was Toronto. I don't know that I was supposed to. I thought it was just supposed to be like kind of a generic dystopia, although what you're saying makes sense in that local line. Like that sounds right now that you mention it in hindsight. But I, it's too, it's like if it takes place in an American city, it's a different kind of movie, maybe. Or mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I liked everything about it. I liked the acting. I, was, I liked both the women in it. <laughs> How about both of the main actors? Uh, one of them was really good. <laughs> no, it kind of reminded me of Dead Ringers, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, actually. Uh-huh. Yep. That was another Cronenberg thing. It was, but they even looked it was interesting because they didn't even look like he was looked like he was trying to look any different. Like it was going to be purely in his mannerisms, which I guess makes more sense. Do you see the ending? Uh,
0: and uh, switch. Well, and I think is a huge. I think is very significant as to what the kind of quote unquote solution to the puzzle is. Um, so there, there's another movie that's out right now called The Double, uh, which uh, stars Jesse Eisenberg, and it's directed by a fellow named uh, Richard Iode. Who is what? A, 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 what? Dark Place guy? Yeah, yeah. Who's uh? He's he's an English comic. Uh, he directed a movie, a coming of age movie called uh, Submarine, and The Double is a second movie. Um, and it's Jesse Eisenberg playing doubles. Uh, and it's based on a Dostoevsky story. Uh, I think it's Dostoevsky. Or it's based on a Russian short story, I think. Um. And it it really has nothing to do with the Russian story, but it is instead about a guy who meets his double and they become a rival in a kind of a love triangle thing. And it's clearly about doubles. Um, so I, uh, this the story that Enemy is based on is called The Double also. Um, and I think a key – and by the way, The Double, the thing with Jesse Eisenberg – really weird movie and not in a good way. Uh, it, 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 it plays like a comedy, but it's got this strange atmospheric Brazil-style dystopia to it, um, which just doesn't work with the comedic sensibilities of it. Uh, if you want to see it, you always do this. Well, I don't... You're trying to not sell
2: it and you're just making it sound better.
0: Well, it's, Jesse Eisenberg's it's- really good in it, um, and he's doing a thing, too, where there are two different characters... Uh, and they they look the same. They don't try to make them look different, but it's one actor doing two very different types of performances. And I found that fascinating in the double, especially in Enemy as well. Um, and they don't do a thing. Dingus made fun. Uh, I'm even afraid to bring it. So we saw a movie with an actor playing himself, playing two copies of himself, where – Early on, before the the two copies of himself interact with one another, one of them makes a point to get a hurt right on his, the bridge of his nose, uh, and Dingus made fun of that when we saw. I don't even want to say what the movie is because it's kind of a spoiler, but I remember Dingus making fun of that. But sometimes when you're going to have a movie about doubles, you need that kind of visual crutch.
2: Chinatown.
0: <laughs> no, there's no technical double. <laughs> that was
2: the sequel to Well, Chinatown. the Two Jakes. <laughs> All, right. All right, yes. Um, Just my guess. Um, so. so they, I,
1: the interesting thing, as well, about about enemies, uh, the novel, the literal translation apparently is the duplicated man.
0: Oh, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Okay, I yeah. like that way better then. Yeah, it's not, it's, yeah.
1: So, so when I was looking up like all the stuff about it, because it's just it's it's a movie that really has, it makes you sort of dive into it. It makes you like go down into the layers of it, and so yeah, the novel, the literal translation is duplicated map.
0: Well, what else did you find out? Tell us about because I know very, I just sort of read a synopsis. I read a little bit about the Saramago uh, book. What else did you find out about it? Yes.
1: I didn't find any uh, uh-huh. very much about it. I just I went, you know once I found out it was it was uh, Jose Saramago, uh, and I love blindness. I mean I, I mean it's a really hard movie to watch. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautifully made. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Huh. It's a great movie to listen to, but it's very difficult to watch. Um. But mainly, what I found out was that, and and I was looking up. Well, because, um, it, it's interesting that you talk about where this. Uh. That this is so. Um, so. Distinctly Toronto, as, as you say, and that thing that you just brought up about that that scene where the guy goes, it's a it's a local film that matters to you, which which really makes really pleases me because I I didn't notice that. I mean, I, I heard him say that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I guess that's a throwaway line, but obviously it's not. Um, I love that, and so I went to look up uh, where where, uh, but I think um, blindness is is actually supposed to be set in Sa- San Paulo. Uh, but it's shot in, in various places, including Canada, but it's not intended to be shown there. But the, the city sort of reminds me of this, but the shooting of this, uh, it just has a different cast to it. I mean, the, the I mean by cast, I mean the the, the color filter is just so interesting. Right. So I, I don't know very much about the, the novel. I didn't try to read up on that other than knowing that the, the title is
0: duplicating it. Did you see who adapted the novel to the screenplay, Dingus?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a guy named Javier Guillon. And do you know what we know him from? I do know what we know him from. We know him from uh, El Rey de la Montoya.
0: So that's a Spanish horror movie, uh, which I I, I think both... Uh, Montoya, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, it means King of the Hill. It's translated as King of the Hill. Don't accidentally rent that cartoon thing uh, if you go looking for King of the Hill. Make sure you're getting a Spanish horror movie, not an American white trash cartoon. Uh, And uh, the guy who... Adapted this screenplay. Wrote it was directed by another director. Uh, it was directed by someone else, not the writer. But he wrote this screenplay for King of the Hill, um, which uh, yeah, I, I find fascinating.
3: I day. do
1: too. I was so I was so pleased. I didn't I didn't know that until maybe after the second time I watched watched. I went like like looking up who did all of this and finding out that he wrote that. Sort of suddenly like a little bing went off in my head because there's some. I don't know. There's something tonally that just lit up for me when I
0: read that he wrote that, both those things. Uh, well, let, let's break down what uh, – so who wants to take a stab at kind of interpreting or – let's say you're talking to someone who just saw Enemy. They just saw that final scene, and they're like, What? Well, there I want was, to ask
1: you to do that because you keep talking about this as a puzzle and mm-hmm. I hadn't read your review that you read for us at the beginning and you talking that two things popped up for me that that um it's a puzzle but if you if you're willing to look at your hand you'll you'll be able to figure it out mm-hmm. and also that thing you said and I don't know how, quite how you put it meant- about what yeah, one man's relationship with with women. Mm-hmm, uh yeah. so I would like you to because I think the you you got to this well before us, and you started writing about it well before us. So I'd like to hear what you have to say about Puzzle. I mean, I'm really interested in
0: that. Okay. I mean, I could just unpack it for you, what I sort of believe about it, my interpretation. Um, but, uh, okay, you want me to go first? I'll do it. I will yeah, do I'd, li-
3: I'd
1: like to hear what you have to say. So because I, think I I will Because I, I have interpretations, too. But okay. but I'm
0: interested in what you have to
1: say about it as far as it being a puzzle, and right. specifically about, about one man's thing with women. I, I mean, this is fascinating to me.
0: Well, okay. So I think one of the first things uh, that becomes clear uh, af- after you – so you, you watch this movie and you sort of sink into the feeling of it. Um, part of the point of the movie, I think, is that when you first start watching it, it's not clear what kind of movie it's going to be or what happens or even what it's about. Um, but after you finish watching it, it leaves you with this very weird lingering sensation. And so – I presume you will want to watch it a second time if you're like me, this time with a closer eye for what kind of clues the director is giving you. And I think after watching it that second time with an eye for the clues, um, and you don't necessarily have to do that to appreciate enemy, but I think if you do that, you realize that you're seeing a movie that's not about two different people. You're seeing a movie about one man, um, You know, and I think they're very definite uh, indicators. I don't think it's ambiguous. For instance, when Adam Bell, who's the college professor – uh, is looking up online this actor that he's seen in a movie who looks like him. Um, he finds the picture of the actor. He goes to get a picture of himself, and he digs through a box, and there's a ripped-in-half picture. You know, he just has the half of the picture with him on it, and he holds it up to the screen and, and think, thinks, yeah, sure enough, I look like him. Uh, that picture he later sees in Daniel Clare's apartment, and the other half of the picture is Daniel Clare's wife, who he is now moving in on who he is now going to take over the other guy's life. So he finds this picture supposedly of himself is in fact a picture of the other man with the other wife, with his wife. Um, so there's two men? Oh. Nope, there's one man. Oh. Uh, there is uh, uh, Isabella Rossellini when he goes to see his mother. And and the movie, by the way, opens with the with a man disappointing his mother. You know that is the first thing you see in this movie is the message from his mother. The very first moment of this movie is is is, is this man's relationship to his mother. Um, so at any rate, you, that picture which he later finds in in Daniel Clare's apartment, it's it's. He and Daniel Clare are the same person. That's one of the reasons that one of them doesn't do their hair differently or one of them's not clear cut. They are the same person. They're not brothers. That's clear. There's not some uh, sort of misplaced changeling or twin thing. You know, they have the same scar. They have the same experiences. Um, when he goes to have lunch with his mother and explain this to her, she talks to him as if he is Daniel Clare, as if he's a man who doesn't have a respectable job. She wouldn't say that to a college professor, as if he lives in a really nice apartment, which he doesn't, uh, and as if he is uh, has a career as a third-rate actor. Um, she talks to Adam Bell as if he is Daniel Clare. There are not two characters here. This is about one man, and I. I think it's kind of an unreliable narrator story. There's no real objective reality we're being shown here. You know, there's no giant spider towering over Toronto. Um, This is a story about one man trying to reconcile his family life with his infidelity. It's a story about the tension between uh, uh, love and and sex, I I think. Um, And it's about this one guy, this, this impossibility for this one guy to unite those in the same person. Uh, And to control the competing influences. Um, And it's about how a cycle will continually repeat itself. Um, And, you know, he tries to get rid of that key and it finds its way right back to him. Um, It's about how to him, women are represented by spiders something that he naturally reacts against, that's creepy, that's misunderstood. You know, spiders represent his mistress, his mother, and his wife at various times. There are three spider hallucinations in the movie, one for each of the three characters, each of the three female characters. Um, So just uh, those are the kind of things I unpack, that there aren't, in fact, two characters. It's one guy, and it's a movie about his struggle with his infidelity. All right, there you go. Questions, suggestions, competing interpretations. <laughs> I thought it was about the perils
2: of irradiating spiders.
0: <laughs> that, you, you, that's Amazing Spider-Man too.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, I'm taking it seriously, and I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> but I thought it was about – because there's the uh, poster, uh, hmm? The Nazi Salute. I thought it was about totalitarianism.
0: Because I've said before – And I'm sure we we all know this. If you ever have a movie where somebody is delivering a lecture, what lecture they're (laughs) delivering has something to do with the movie, Uh, and it's very odd that this lecture is about um, it's about despotism and control and and history repeating itself and how the first time it's a tragedy, but the second time it's a farce. And Um, what the bread and circuses, which one's controlling the the masses? Well, then he goes Uh, to the movie. You know, he discovers his alter ego in entertainment in a movie. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Um.
2: Wait. So at the beginning then mm-hmm. when he's at the show
3: mm-hmm.
2: and she's stepping on the spider but not really.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and it's she's really stepping on the spider I mean. I mean I think they just can't they actually they're not actually going to crush a spider for a movie right. but but there is this fetishism of women stepping on small creatures and I think that's and, and, and masturbating while doing so. I mean that's Ew. That's what's going on at the start of it. That's what's going on at the very first When they enter the room,
1: there's a woman Well, she's there. doing that,
0: but I didn't realize she was probably stepping on something else. Well, there's, there's a
1: close-up up of her shoe grinding down on the... I mean, I mean, that's what that... That's, that yeah, the That
0: fetish. So is. What
2: and the, then there's that, there's that picture of, you know, the naked pregnant woman right after that. Oh, that's his wife, right? Right. I thought she's pregnant with... his wife's pregnant with spider...
0: No, she's pregnant with the kid. Stop it! Oh, I'm confused. I oh. thought I understood the movie. Well, what, so, what was your understanding, Kelly? Long? Like when it ended, what what kind of were you? And whether I'm right or wrong, I mean, I'm not asking for any sort of affirmation necessarily. What was your kind of takeaway?
2: That he is in like a 1984 world, and she's like the Michael Palin character who's trying to get him to like turn. Who's she? Yeah, because it's the, your well, pregnant wife who's actually a spider.
0: So the, so for you it was kind yeah. of about the the, the tyranny started. of the marital relationship, maybe? Like would you say that? Like that, that was kind yeah, of Yeah,
2: you know what I thought you were gonna say before was like always know that when they give the speech about totalitarianism in a movie, it means it's actually about men and women.
0: Well, not necessarily, and that's one of the oh. things I really like about Enemy is it doesn't – it takes time for this stuff to emerge. There's no, there's no indication early on that there are – that there is only one guy. I mean you think for a long time when you're watching Enemy that it's about this guy who's mysteriously discovered, somebody who looks just like himself. Um, right. He's and finding
1: his is, doppelganger. Right. And, and it's going to be this right. weird sort of like, how did I – was I cloned? Are we in a future world? What's going on? Yeah, that's – I think you are trying to – I think the movie is reaching for the – or not reaching, but leading you to that and it's early place, on.
0: Yeah, like it, doesn't, it, it yeah. doesn't make you think that here's a, a, a sort of a subconscious thriller uh, where things aren't where, – where it's not about an object, objective reality. You know, It's about right. a man's state of mind, and you're watching what you think because of the way it plays out, by the way. You, you're watching what you think is an objective thriller. Um, about objective reality, and he's you know he's he's hiding out in front of the lobby of the, aid, the the talent agency, and he's eating a sandwich, and he's running for the door and not getting it. I mean that's not the kind of stuff that's that's made of of dreams about your subconscious reality.
2: No, no, yeah, and in the end, they're both the characters are behaving like they're not doing what they would
0: do if you dop you were obsessed. With that. Well, right, and that's the whole thing too. It's a weird twist when you see you know you made the joke about Raging Bull. And it's a weird twist when Adam Bell decides, okay, I'm going to, you know, right. I'm going to sit with your girlfriend. And you're like, wait, why is he doing
2: yeah, that? Yeah, well, it's his motivation. Right. And it just it makes comes right after the bomb thing. It comes right after, after Isabella right. and He's a yep. third-rate actor. So it's obviously tied into that. But that well, scene seemed yeah. bewildering to me until you did your unpacking,
0: I guess. But again, I don't. I don't have any claim to being correct about the unpacking. It's just sort of some conclusions that I would arrived at, some, some based on some clues that I think are in there. Um, but
2: I, I, tend, I notice, like in the fountain, like you always tend to think there's only one dude, and I always tend to think there's three dudes. In <laughs> <laughs> the fountain, I think even the conquistador stuff's real, and I see. I don't know. I've, I've been meeting people lately who agree with me on that, that I thought I was the only one. I agree with you on the,
1: I think the fountain is three, sim, three stories going on simultaneously. I mean, I think it's, I think all of that is real. I don't, I don't mean, well, I mean, I'm that's sure. a different thing. Uh, well, so with Enemy, yes, though, Kelly Warrant. Oh, I'm afraid through. with Enemy, as soon as we have the scene with the mom, the mother, uh, the movie makes it clear. <laughs> I mean, it, it's absolutely, when, when she tells him stop the third, the third rate, actor thing well yeah and then the wife
2: Except, goes. that's that i mean the, she goes, how was school or something but then i go well, oh well, just, well
0: just, no 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 that's that's sky. something else i that's, think that is something else Yeah, that
2: is that is something else that's the wife
1: uh falling i mean accepting the new him i think and or and, and,
0: and, like, and that's impossible itself
1: it's hugely important
0: it but, but important the, the
1: mother scene is different yeah
0: Right, and it's important because that's what I, I think ultimately the movie is about. The girlfriend is kind of inconsequential. She just represents this, this temptation, the lure of sex with someone strange and new. Uh, ultimately it's about how, you know, his wife is willing to take him back, is willing to try again, and he makes the same mistake again. He cannot right. control himself. Uh, you know, he's this doomed character, and even his react. You know, when you walk around uh, the corner of your house and look into a doorway and see a, a huge, you know, a, a, a room sized spider, you don't just kind of sigh at your own folly. You know, well, <laughs> that well, he would freak out, and and that's his reaction at, at that moment. Uh, it's just so it, it that, that's mind boggling to me. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think it's beautiful because it. I mean, the movie is bookended by a, a pair of of sighs. Um, there's the there's the moment at the beginning where there's the knock at his door, where Melanie Laurent first comes in, and his his reaction when the the right. knock at the door is a sigh. It's, it's right. that same sort of heavy. And and you're right, Tom. When he he rounds the corner and there's this gigantic spider in the corner, and his reaction is is resignation or this sigh. I mean, there's a reason it's a spider. Spiders, <laughs> spiders weaves webs. They create traps. And I think that that, that's a huge point of this movie. Because they this,
0: eat you after sex. And they eat you after sex. See?
1: But, but the, that whole like weaving a web, creating a trap, and the sigh at the, at either end of the movie, at, every time I've watched the movie, um, or at least the last time, that, that's when I really saw, oh, Hit the the thing that he does when she knocks is, right. and then again at the end is, I mean it's just such an important thing and and Jake Gyllenhaal can do a sigh. I mean let's be honest, the guy knows how to sigh. <laughs> he's a really he's good sigher. Yeah, he's cornered the market on sighing.
0: I was really impressed with him in this. I mean, it's oh, so yeah. easy to write him off as oh god, Prince of Persia. Even Prisoners, by the way, I hated him in Prisoners. I mean, really? I, 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 yeah, I, he's super intense and he has he's these. He's been in zodiac, things. isn't he? And he's great. Kind of, so here's my problem with Jake Gyllenhaal. No. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, and he mostly understands this, but I think a lot of directors don't. There's something inherently. Kind of nebbishy, or yeah, um, yeah. about Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> and when movies try to neglect that and play him up as these bad type, yeah, like Jarhead or Prince of Persia, like if you don't, if you're not going to cash in on that aspect of him, you're not really getting what he can do, his full appeal. So the fact that he's doing the two different kind of as two different characters almost the two extremes of what he does is so immensely entertaining and i love watching him solving the puzzle or trying to solve the puzzle earlier in the movie and being completely unequipped for it yeah. be nervous and shaky and uncertain and he can't get his breath he can't even remember how to talk correctly when he's cornered <laughs> and and when he calls the wife it doesn't even occur to him that because that's his doppelganger, they will probably sound alike. It doesn't even occur to him when he's talking to her on the phone that, of course, they have the same voice, so the woman that he's talked to knows his voice. It's just such this perfect, nebbishy Jake Gyllenhaal performance.
3: And
1: Um, when when he talks to himself, he's like, what?
3: Oh, wow. Yes, right, right.
0: <laughs> That's
1: unbelievable. And he's trying to talk to the other guys like, don't you hear this? Isn't this amazing? I love his dis- sense of discovery. Like, whoa, yeah. look at this.
0: And and the cinematic language in that scene, by the way, really gets to the fact that these are not two different characters. Because right? what happens, and I love the way that Dennis Villanueva shoots this, is is what happens – he does this a couple of times – So. He doesn't just stick the camera in people's faces and then edit it together. One of the things I love in this movie is how someone will talk to someone else off camera, and the camera doesn't cut to the second speaker, to the person who is talking from off camera. Normally, when somebody comes into a scene and speaks, they get a shot. You know, They're visually part of the scene. He constantly has people talking to Jake Gyllenhaal from off screen, and we don't get to see them. And that's hugely, hugely unnerving in a movie. And you don't really realize that. It's just this weird – it puts you on edge. When somebody comes into a scene and starts interacting with the main character and the camera doesn't show you that person, that makes you uncomfortable. And I love that. Um, So what happens is in the phone scene, um, he, for whatever reason, he picks up the phone and he goes into the bathroom out of the frame. We can't see him. And then he comes back out, but he's carried the phone into the bathroom where we can't see him. And then when it cuts to Jake Gyllenhaal – As the actor character with his wife, he has also taken his cell phone into the bathroom, and he comes out. So in both of those scenes, which is the transition from one Jake Gyllenhaal to the other, where now he's part of the movie, it's sort of like he's walked into this bathroom off the camera where he can't see him, and now he's come out as a new character. Um, It's this great kind of cinematic handoff. Like okay, we're going to disappear behind the the wall of a bathroom, and when we come out, we have prepared ourselves as new people. Which, by the way, is where he finally—I think—he's in a bathroom. Actually, maybe not. I was going to say that's where he turns finds the key at the very end, but he's not in the bathroom. She's in the bathroom. No, yeah,
1: she's she's uh, after her shower, uh, there, cleaning out cleaning off the mirror and whatnot.
0: But there's definitely that handoff scene where they both walk into the bathroom out of the frame of the camera. Right. Um,
2: I've had sex with some girls who were worse than spiders. Steph W.
0: One, two, three,
3: I don't need you and me got 180 degrees and I'm caught in between counting one, two, three, Peter Potter and i free getting down with three feet. everybody loves
2: time. Oh, That's how Britney works in the enemy universe. <laughs> That's how <laughs> Kelly says check please. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I just figured you were done. <laughs> were
0: you? No, no. We, we have a We have a huge three x three this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are oh, I, we are champing I, at the bit. Uh, we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Enough of your stupid movie about so okay, shit.
2: Let's here. talk about something that everyone can enjoy. And something. I'm
0: so that, glad you guys. What? I'm so glad you guys got to see enemy though. I really wanted you to see that. Um,
1: so. Well, I am too. I, I mean, I had a great time watching this movie. Every time I've watched it, it's just it. Uh, but it's such a pleasure the first time to sink into it. Seriously.
0: Wait. So in the hotel room. That, right, right, let's have a three by three, Kellywan.
1: <laughs> you asked for the check. You can't very well put dessert on now.
0: <laughs> All right. So Kellywan, man, this is I. Boy, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about these three movies and scenes, Kellywan. What is this week? Three by three.
2: This week's three by three, Tom. Is the three best scenes where video games kill people. <laughs> which I admit part of it I picked just so I could get to hear you say, join us next week for twelve years a slave, and also your favorite scenes of video games kill people. Like you had to actually shill for something that dumb. <laughs> but you also told me about that one movie with that one I'll girl. Save it that.
0: for the podcast. Oh, or I mean, for the three video
2: men- games shill people. <laughs>
0: Don't give him any ideas, Dingus.
2: Sorry. See, why can't you be more like Dingus? He's my friend. <laughs> You're just the spider behind me.
0: Well, <laughs> let's. Uh, let's. He's inside. He's inside your belly. Actually. Spider, my wife. Let's break this down then. Uh, the three favorite <laughs> scenes where video games kill people,
2: and it has to be something that was significant to you <sighs> in your education as a man. I think I said that last
0: week. My third favorite scene. Where... See, Kelly Wand, this is just so weirdly specific. And... You like
2: games. It's Uh-oh. not for you. It's for this you. is
0: like, Kelly Wand, what are your three favorite vi- visits to the dentist where you were well wearing sneakers and you later had carrots for dinner?
2: The February 29th. Go on.
0: Number and um, today. That's only two. You have to think of a third. <laughs> Sorry, I asked.
2: Not, not raw carrots, cooked carrots. Look, let's agree to disagree, or the other way around. Whichever's the good one.
0: Speaking of things that I'm sorry were asked, my number three pick for a video game scene where somebody gets killed. Yes, Tom? Is the movie Stay Alive. Ah, that's where, my number one. Well, how do you know? Well, what? So Hold movies. on. There's overlap? Uh, and the scene specifically is where Milo Ventimiglia, who I really hate, gets killed by, uh, getting hanged when he falls off a balcony, which he just saw happen in a video game. And so the video game comes out and it does it to him and it makes him die that way. And That's you
2: your favorite was the balcony part?
0: From number three.
2: Uh, girl, the other ones are so stupid. I'm Did a, you know?
0: The movie's oh, inept, by the way. No, it gets into it. Stay it, Alive? Yeah. It's not inept, you're saying.
3: Mm, look,
0: there's not, not a single movie on this list that is epped, by the way. <laughs> it's a tough
2: genre to crack, I'll admit, yeah. but Stay Alive, it makes my bronze, as I'm now going to call this, by inviting us into the world of Countess Bathory, your favorite Hungarian serial killer, Tom.
0: No, she obviously is in New Orleans, Kelly One because that's where this movie was shot, and they didn't have the budget even to be shot in Hungary. Hungary, or even acknowledge Hungary. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, anyway, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> she's a serial killer from Hungary, and in the movie, which is supposed to be about a video game, she kills people with a stagecoach with horses, like black stagecoach. But remember, she's allergic to roses, so they show her her own reflection and a laptop, and it makes her uh, insane. Huh. That's the ro- where the rose comes in.
0: Did you know that that movie was originally originally cast in that movie? So, so, Dingus, you didn't see Stay Alive, right?
2: No, I, okay.
1: I I, couldn't get all the way through Saturday Night Fever.
0: Um, so Stay Alive is uh, – I got that. Uh, Stay Alive is about uh, – there's a whole Ugh. bunch of these movies that came out around the 2000 or so. I don't know specifically what year this is. But it's when video games were starting to sort of seep into mainstream culture. And there were people in Hollywood who were obviously like – Matrix. Oh, oh, what are these video game things? Maybe we should make horror movies that will appeal to video gamers and the kids. So they make these movies where video games kill people. There's only four that I know of. Um, so in, <laughs> One didn't make your list. Yeah, That's how many. Um, ah. In Stay Alive, Stay Alive, is a, it's a horrible script. It originally starred, it was cast with, so first of all, Kelly Wand, um, the huh? sidekick was going to be played by Steve Zahn. Ugh. The lead actor... Was and I think he was even cast. He dropped out. And Tommy Lee Jones. He, he dropped out and he got his brother to fill in for him. But originally, the lead <laughs> actor in Stay Alive, Ben, John. Ben Foster.
1: Oh, no way. <laughs> yep. No way. So, so he's
0: got a Adam younger Johnson. brother. He's got a younger brother named John Foster who doesn't really look. Actually, his brother's like the handsome one. Um, obviously, he didn't get the talent though. Um, but so for whatever Jeez. reason, this is going to be a Ben Foster movie. But he dropped out. Steve Zahn went with him, and so they got uh, John Foster, his younger brother, and the kid from Malcolm in the Middle to be the sidekick. Yeah, um,
2: Malcolm in the Middle survives the movie because he's going to keep the franchise going.
0: That he died. St- I thought he got killed by the stage Now, No, he
2: uh, looks. It looks like he's killed in some bushes.
0: But yeah, so- yeah. There's the yeah. roses and oh yeah. no. But then he's all, oh, "Don't worry, I'm cool." Okay, I guess I wasn't paying close enough. Gets out of it. Uh, Adam Goldberg doesn't stick around for very long. He no. doesn't even show up for the main shooting. He shoots, like they do, his scenes from a remote location and splice them in.
2: Like Sinatra know. in Cannonball Run, too. Exactly.
0: Yeah. He's or like Alec Guinness in Mute Witness.
2: I don't watch movies about <laughs> Amish. You almost said can- and Ball Run again. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> wait, do you remember Malcolm in the Middle's name in that movie?
0: I don't. What was it? swink? Swink?
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's terribly offensive to some. Remember you
2: said skink earlier?
0: I did. Your... A skink is an actual thing. I don't think a What s- is the skink? Thing. I was going to ask. Think it's a lizard? It's like a little it's like a newt, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, better.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Stay Alive is my number 3 pick. It is Kelly my number one. one pick? Yeah. How about that? So Dingus then uh what did you <laughs> say with bronze, this
2: bronze, but I meant gold by the way earlier.
0: Oh, I thought you were changing your list. I no, see. I got confused. Okay. Uh, precious metals are hard to keep straight, Kelly Wand. Hey! Dingus, what is your number three pick, and what did you Too do with soon. this list? Oh, yeah. What
1: did I do with this list? Yes. I worried about it all week, and. Oh, uh, thanks. That's you're splattery. Well, you're welcome. i surprised. <laughs> and then uh, didn't do very well in, as a result. But see, I did I cares. did worry.
2: Tom, you don't even worry. You just go.
0: <laughs>
1: and yet he, he will come up with three actual things.
0: He and came I
2: up with four and eliminated one.
0: One of them actually doesn't count, but I think I can. I'm, I'm imagining you might think it counts, Kelly Wand And I'll explain to you later why it doesn't count, if you like.
2: But precious metals are a little similar. You have to admit, because they're all kind of shiny.
0: That is true.
2: And the elements are the same.
0: Remind oh. me never to let you invest my money.
2: F.E. is iron. Isn't that fucking weird? Is that the same thing for uh, the vitamin iron? Is that like F.E.? Oh, I'm sorry. Dingus, continue.
1: Uh, have either of you ever seen a movie called The Chum Scrubber?
0: <gasps>
2: uh, is it Jerry Lewis?
0: No, I saw it a long time ago and don't remember the first thing about I saw
2: it. I porn version of it, but I forget the name of it. Jerry Lewis.
1: Uh, uh, no, uh, Chump Scrubber's from 2005, so it's hardly a dream of this film. Oh.
2: No. Um, um, what'd you say? Was, I said he was alive then, anything's possible.
1: Yeah, but he's not really making so many movies right now. <sighs> Sorry. I was actually directed by a guy named Ari Posen. Um, anyway, uh, Chump Scrubber stars Jamie Bell. Right. Um, uh, he's, you know, <laughs> a, he's busy, he's busily making, uh, Fantastic Four right now, um, But uh but in this movie uh he's uh he's in this movie called The Chum Scrubber. And the Chum Scrubber is is uh it's kind of about suburbia and um I I really didn't like the movie. Uh but it there's there's this weird sort of video game setting that goes on and the the, the video game in question has uh, the main character called chum scrubber who carries around his own severed head all the time and 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 so um, I don't i there's there's there several scenes where there are deaths but but uh, th- this death is more conceptual I apologize to you, Kelly uh, but it it's because of the way this, this film is uh, themed. The The idea here is sort of the death of the affluent American sort of suburbia thanks to prescription drugs. So the way that video games are killing in this particular scene is by showing the death of suburbia by prescription drugs.
2: What? What do you think of that, Kelly Ward? I'm confused.
1: And that you, takes a lot. You should be. I mean, there is, there is something that goes on with, with somebody being stabbed.
0: Thingus didn't even even give us a line from the movie.
1: I don't remember any lines from (laughs) Chum Scrubber. Um,
0: It has a hell of a cast, though. I remember thinking, Uh, I think it was Ari Posen's first movie. I remember seeing that and thinking, how did he get all these people?
1: Yeah, it's it's got Lou Taylor Pucci, it's got William Fickner in it. Oh, uh, it's got, uh, R- Rory Culkin is in it. Allison Janney. I mean, uh, there's a there's a, there's a maze, It's an amazing cast, and you sit there watching it, just going, "What the?" Heck? I mean, R- Ray Fiennes is in it for for goodness' sake. I mean, you sit there watching it, just going, "What the heck is going on here?" And why is this such a mess? And and then you look at the video game, which it's just. Horribly – I hate video game graphics in movies, but the video game graphics in this are just terrible. But they sit down and they dutifully play the the chum scrubber who is a dude who carries his severed head around and uh, and and then at the end encourages somebody to stab somebody else. But the death I'm, I'm choosing is a conceptual death of of, uh, of suburban America by prescription drugs. Kelly why do you accept that?
2: Yeah, I wasn't really listening. It sounds right. You're never listening, but that's okay to me. What? I try my best. I understand, I, and I accept that. I'm on my own prescription meds, and they don't favor listening to people talk about video game movies. All
0: right. All right. Well, Kelly, what is your? Uh, what then would be your silver choice for? Or no, I, your.
2: Ah, oh, we have so many
1: to go over. <laughs> he said that his number one was bronze. Why did he do that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Look. So, well, let's just use numbers, Kelly. Let's stick to the math. What is your number three choice for a favorite death inflicted by a video game?
2: Uh, that movie with Shia LaBeouf, where the
0: computer makes telephone poles attack him. Not a video game. What? what? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was called Eagle Eye, with Julianne See? Moore as the computer, as the titular Eagle Eye. That's, that's, a,
2: that's your number three?
0: Yeah. There's no video game in there that makes any...
2: That's my real bronze. The last one was my gold. So ho- hold, hold, even on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. movies for his topic. What? Wait, that's the... I mean... <laughs> uh, he, I mean chose, he chose Eagle Eye? Apparently. How does that work?
0: Yeah, explain this to us, Kelly how, how does a video game make well, someone kill somebody in Eagle Eye?
2: Well, I didn't see the entire movie, but what I gathered... I mean- from-
0: why did I
1: bother?
2: I Jesus. Go ahead. How does a video game help somebody kill somebody? All right, I'm going to change my answer.
1: The thing
0: is, it. I actually watched Stay Alive this week, uh, as well as these two other movies I'm about to mention. I watched <laughs> them all this week. So, All right, uh, you know what? I'm six hours. My- six hours of movie watch. Six hours I could have spent leveling up a character in WildStar. Star. All, all right, right. I'm,
2: answer. <laughs> I'm changing my answer. <laughs> all right. I was kidding. That was a joke. Nope, I got you down for Eagle Eye. But Eagle no. Eye, D- tell us your reasoning. Come on, I want to hear this. It, it was, was my joke answer, I, but it wasn't really
0: uh, video Because telephone poles tried to kill Shia LaBeouf? That was your answer?
2: Well, it taps into like our fears of video games killing us.
0: I see. Okay. Like, All right. Uh, my number two pick is uh, the movie How to Make a Monster, um, which is directed by George Wang. It's his second movie after swimming with sharks. Um uh which he wrote and directed, supposedly based on his experience with an actual real-life producer as an assistant. Um, he had this experience in Hollywood. He wrote a really cool script about it. He got Kevin Spacey and Frank Whaley to, to be in this movie, and then nothing happens with the guy. And I I think he might have done something else, but one of the I actually, no, the movie I think he did right after Swimming with Sharks was How to Make a Monster, which is just awful, and it's another thing where a video game comes alive and it kills people. Um you got you got Clea Duval, who we all love her on this podcast, and watching this terrible, terrible movie, I just feel so bad for Clea Duval. Um and she's so awesome, by the way. I mean there's something so incredibly just shrewd and sexy about her. I love watching her. Um but she's in this terrible thing where a video game is behind schedule and so oh. you bring in these programmers to come in at the last minute and make it scarier and while they're doing motion capture, lightning strikes the studio and it makes the video game come alive and kill all of them. Uh, It's a terrible... So it's really lightning that's killing them. Nope, it's the the lightning makes the video game sentient. Uh, Uh, I may have to overrule. All the scenes are terrible. There's no good scenes in it, but if I had to pick (laughs) one of them... One of the programmers has those, um, two, those silver balls that like Magneto makes float around when he's holding them. But normal villains have to move them in a circle in their palm. Right. Magneto can make them float. One of, the program- One of the programmers has two of these balls when he's introduced as a character. And then when he gets killed, they get jammed into his eye sockets where his eyeballs would be.
2: Ah, so. that's good. I like Wait, that
0: visual.
2: That- Wait, is that what happens in the, in the video game?
0: Um. No, but the sentient video game, which possesses the motion capture suit and uses the pieces of its victims to construct a, a kind of an incarnate version of itself. Um, version or virgin? Version of itself. Like it's oh. creating, it, it's creating a, a tangible, real world instance of itself using the motion capture suit. Yeah.
2: Oh, like Russell Crowe and. Uh...
0: Um. Stan Winston was one of the producers on this thing, which is oh, wow. also sad to see. When was this? 19... All right.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love that you, your, one of your statements was that none of the scenes are good.
0: None of them are. Yeah, there's nothing good in this movie. <laughs> Even poor Clea Duvall. I mean, she doesn't know what to do. What is she going to do? She's got this terrible script. um yeah, she's
1: n- such she's such a great actress. I yep. you know I just would love to see her get more. I'm I was so pleased when she appeared in Argo because she deserves to. I mean, she
0: really deserves to do more work. She's so good. I guess maybe you should see 21 Grams a few more times because if you watch if you watch 21 Grams like six times, that's almost like having Clea DuVall in a big part. Oh, that's a good point.
2: Doesn't she play Swink in the Faculty?
0: She I plays need to see the what? You didn't see the faculty? No, oh, no, I've seen it. I need to see it again. She's like the goth. chick. Oh, right? yeah. 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 I need to see that again. There's and no video
2: games in it, unfortunately. John Stewart is in it, too, so you need to
0: see yeah. that. Yeah. He and said. Uh, John Stewart asked it. about
2: that more he, than anything else.
0: Also, uh, Harry Knowles is in it.
2: What? Um, Ew. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'll
1: just go watch Monkey Bone instead.
0: <laughs> uh, Dingus, what is your number two. Jordana Brewster. What is your number two favorite scene in which a video game kills a person? <sighs>
2: uh, All right. My number uh, two. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, Kelly Ward. I just feel you're not giving proper recognition to how to make a monster. I'll. Okay. Fair point. What were you gonna say?
1: No. Was he not giving proper recognition to?
2: To what you're gonna say? <laughs> I felt like he was disrespecting you, and I was gonna stand up for you, support you. Oh, I appreciate that. To um, take a topic seriously, like you and me are. Thank you. Yeah, you and me. Yes.
1: Well, my number two is the movie War Games,
2: and oh, um, this was my original number three.
1: So uh, it's you know it's uh, we we witness the killing of the entire world um,
0: thanks to video chess.
1: No, tic tac toe. Oh, that's right, tic tac toe.
2: Um, so, I think Digus
0: is confusing the opening where we meet Macready at the beginning of the thing, and he's playing video chess.
2: That's yeah, possible, yeah, or Seventh Seal. Uh, but
1: also, it's you know the quote is how about a nice game of chess? But we 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 witnessed the entire world get killed because they're playing tic-tac-toe on a on a giant video screen, I and I and that is that is what we say now. Uh, certainly, there's no real deaths as in my chums Grubber pick, which were sort of uh, conceptual prescription drug deaths. Of you know the the consciousness and the will of the American people. Uh, with war games, we're talking about uh, virtual deaths that could happen because of a nuclear ap- apocalypse or nuclear, I should
0: say, apocalypse. Kelly, your judgment on uh,
2: that? Dingus is crazy because if it had picked chess, there is a winner in chess, so some well, a bunch of people would have died. But because of picked tic-tac-toe, a game with no winners. No one dies.
0: We're so talking about like no winners. Win. It's always the first person who goes and tic-tac-toe wins, right? That's right. right. The
2: yeah. only way to win in chess
1: is not to play, Kelly.
2: <sighs> now I know how the spider fell and saw Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so the spider is the victim. Look. You can tell it's <laughs> sort of... metals, <practice laughs> Arachnids. I don't fucking know. But my point is this. What are we talking about?
0: Uh, <laughs> Kelly, when we're talking about your number two favorite scene in which a video game kills a person.
2: Um, Virtuosity. He's looking it up. Oh. <laughs> Virtuosity? See?
0: But I thought that's like Russell Crowe is an AI yeah. construct. It's about a video game? I've never seen it.
2: Well, yeah, but it's a game, but there's no. It's like the victims of the losers. So there's no actual it's, game. It's just virtual. Well, he has to get created in a virtual sim that Denzel Washington invents, That he loses an arm inventing. All right. so but, yes, it's, but it's not an actual. It's, it's not really a game, but it's game-like. It's that's the first movie. Dead Kid movie I think I saw. All
1: right.
2: And now it's every movie. Wow. The uh, what was your question? Virtual sim? Yes. Well, virtual sims are games without endings. So. All
0: right,
2: Good. That's where you, the term virtuosity.
0: You just ensured that my number one will be accepted by the panel. Thank you. Uh, that's the guy who did Lawnmower Man, isn't it?
2: Ah, uh, see,
0: that's not a real video game though. He's just redoing his, his virtual reality movies. Yeah. Huh. Jeff Fahey always makes me think about Sam Rockwell.
1: I
3: always wonder, I think what? I
1: don't know
0: why it is. Thing is obviously it hasn't watched enough Lost. (laughs) Jeff Fahey and Lost will not remind you of Sam Rockwell.
2: Okay. Um did you ever see that X Files where they there's like a devil in the video game?
0: No, but I did see my number one pick for a favorite scene (laughs) in which a video game kills someone. And it's a movie Dingus told me about that I actually watched. So I've, I've said before on this podcast, and I think at least Dingus, maybe even Kelly Wand, has called me out for this being wrong. Let me, let me make another assertion. I'm going, to say, I'm going to restate my case. I love the movie Seven. I think Seven is fantastic. I think it, it's, it's David Fincher at his, at his level best. Seven, however, has a terrible script. The script, Kevin Andrew Walker's script in Seven is just pedestrian, two cops, one is a rookie, the other one stays from retirement, and they're chasing a serial killer. The only thing that makes Seven good, not the only thing, but what makes Seven good isn't the script, which is terrible, it's David Fincher's style. And there are some nice touches in there, but I think the script itself, if you had given the script to Seven, to a more pedestrian director, it would be as forgettable a movie as all those other things where Morgan Freeman is trying to solve crime. Um, so my my assertion about the Seven script is that it is terrible. And another piece of support for that assertion is Kevin Andrew Walker's script for a movie I saw in which a video game kills someone called Brain Scan. Oh, I always wanted to see this movie. Well, it's the writer of Seven, Kelly Juan, so you would think, Uh, hey, what was Kevin Andrew Walker doing shortly before he wrote the script for Seven? He was doing Brain Scan. So, Brain Scan is... uh, It's
1: Andrew Kevin Walker.
0: I don't know if it matters. Kevin Andrew Walker. Am I thinking of the British guy who did The Cottage and from London to Brighton? I don't know. That's Paul Andrew it's Williams. Patrick John Shanley. Anyways, a guy with three names. One of them's Walker, one of them's Kevin, one of them's Andrew. The order, <laughs> arrange it however you like. You'll, it's you'll like eventually find him. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is it really Andrew Kevin Walker, Dinkus? Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, that guy. The
2: scan Brain. Gotcha. <laughs> uh,
0: so Brain Scan is about a video game <laughs> that a guy <laughs> plays yeah. – and in the video game, he yeah. thinks he's killing people. What's and the it, video called? It's called Brain Scan. And then he comes out of the video game and he discovers oh, somebody just died the way I thought I killed him in the video game. Ah, uh, creepy. Also, completely inept. There are no good scenes in it. Uh, it particularly jumps the shark when it turns out that the video game hosts this Beetlejuice-type character called the Trickster, who comes out. He's wearing all this crazy 80s makeup. He clearly inspired inspired by Beetlejuice, and he jumps around um, – it's yeah. Edward Furlong is the, the lead actor, by the way. <laughs> uh, and he, he jumps around in his room, and he's doing all these, like, trickstery things and saying, oh, I made you kill someone!" Oh, <laughs> uh, it's scary. <laughs> oh, my it's, God. It's like whack. It's not uh, funny. And he's got, like, a kind of a faux hawk, mohawk thing, you know, that in the 80s was trendy. Like mystery. Um, oh, it's terrible. So at any rate, what they at least do in How to Make a Monster and Stay Alive and also movies like Virtuosity is they'll do fake like virtual footage. They'll make a fake video game like Chum Scrubber, like Dingus was talking about. What they do for Brain Scan, nah, they can't be bothered to do any of that. They just do like first-person found footage stuff with the camera. When Edward Furlong's playing the video game, it's just first-person perspective with a camera actual live action footage that's all they could manage for the video game wait what yeah setting in uh, in the real world it's just running around so it's like edward Uh, furlong sits in a chair in front of a tv screen and they do mock up a title screen for it and then edward furlong like he passes out and it goes to this just it's just live action footage of a guy holding a camera and running around first person killer cam in the city uh, in somebody's house. They, they couldn't afford to shoot oh. in the
2: city. It, <laughs> Wait, it, the it, video gave his water girl a house, and it's
0: his yeah, Yep. So he goes in, not his own house, it's someone mm-hmm. else's house. He goes into this house, Let's see it again. and he murders a guy, and then saws, saws off the guy's foot. And so a lot of what happens in the rest of the movie is that Edward Furlong gets saddled with this foot. Like, he's got to get rid of the foot because it's evidence that he actually was the murderer. Not so, afraid. So he's trying to bury it, and a dog, a police dog, comes along and runs off with the foot, and he has to chase ah. the dog. And eventually, uh, like, the trickster puts the foot back in his refrigerator and makes it appear there. Um, um,
2: you sure are glossing over a lot of interesting details.
0: Well, here's the only reason that I would
2: pick <laughs> or just details the first yeah. kill.
0: When Edward Furlong... <laughs> Is is stabbing a dude to death. It's just some random dude who's sleeping, and he goes in and stabs him because that's what you do in video games apparently. Uh, They cut away – they can't even stick with their own (laughs) first-person conceit. They will cut away to shots – and I don't know why this is in there – of a cat watching the murder. (laughs) It's just this orange tabby. It's all first-person killing, but then for whatever reason, and I guess they have to do this because they couldn't just do one long take, they just cut away to a shot of a cat just sitting there watching the killing. And it's very much like the cat watching the alien in Alien. It's just like sitting there going, "Eh, whatever. Go ahead and murder this guy who feeds me. What do I care? Well, no, that's what happens in games.
2: And he's like the cat
0: edward furlong though i haven't seen i've seen him as an adult in some like really low budget crappy movies i forgot like what a uh and i i kind of mean this in a denigrating way what a precious little twerp he was like he had that high squeaky voice and this little cute face and oh my god what and that's exactly what he looked like in the terminator wasn't it he was so annoying yeah yeah i mean it was like you want to smack that kid why did they cast him
2: yeah, it should have been Haley Joel Osment, except he wasn't born yet. <laughs> uh,
0: the uh, brain scan begins with him. Um, so, you you know, he's the main character, and you're supposed to feel sympathetic for him. This is very much an 80s movie, even though it came out in 94. Um, it opens with him uh, spying on his teenage neighbor while she's undressing. Uh, which one? And it's really—it's actually it's played by a woman named Amy Hargreaves, who was just in a cool movie I saw called Blue Ruin. Hmm. We also saw her recently um, having sex with Michael Fassbender in a hotel window in Shame. Oh, uh, uh, that remember one! Remember that scene? That's, that's oh, yeah. an actress named Amy Hargreaves. And so here's this this cute little teenage Amy Hargreaves. Stripping and, and and being spied on by Edward Furlong and it's really creepy and pervy. But back then, apparently, oh, we're supposed to think it's like charming and wistful because he's so in love with her. Well,
2: you know, you can't it's different for guys. God. what I can see of her around Fassbender's junk was pretty impressive.
0: Uh, see a movie called Blue Ruin. She's kind of she has a cool part in that. Um,
2: uh, um, but getting back to Brain Scan, though.
0: Yes, Kelly. Wand question. So it's directed. Brain Scan is directed by a guy named John Flynn, who I wouldn't know unless I looked it up. He did a bunch of crappy movies, but if you go back far enough in John Flynn's career, you will find a movie that Kelly Wand and I know called Rolling Thunder. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with uh... William Devane in The Hook Hand. Yeah. yeah. Rolling Thunder. Yeah. I've seen
2: that forever. What is yeah. that? What is
1: that? I, so William Devane I seem to remember he did something called the, this weird. Um, brian dennehy movie called bestseller but i don't remember anything else he did that's
0: Not that's him. Lynn he did some steven seagal movies he did a stallone movie i think called lockup um he basically got i don't know, i was gonna say railroaded i'm sure he's grateful to get to do him he basically just did a bunch of crappy action movies um so he did he didn't like do bestseller Who did he might i don't know i
2: don't know kelly just negated that mm, i can't be trusted
0: Right. But Rolling Thunder is a seventies kind of an exploitation movie about a Vietnam vet who gets his hand—I think it gets put in a garbage disposal by thugs—and yeah. then he gets a hook put on the hand. It's yeah. on a revenge spree. Yeah,
2: um, that title doesn't make sense either. And Edward Furlong has to run around with a hand.
0: one, are you saying Rolling Thunder doesn't make sense? Well, it does it, because it's like it's like thunder that builds up and then bursts, and that's like, like that does. That's William Devane's character arc. Oh, uh, get it? Because a hook arcs. No. Well. <laughs> hey, uh... Yes, Kelly Wand.
2: I wanted to ask you about brain it ends,
0: but... I'll uh, it ends... How do you think it ends?
2: Someone hitting an X button the shark.
0: <laughs> it ends with uh, him discovering that after, you know, the police chase him... Frank is a cop in this, by the way. <laughs>
2: I you didn't have to tell me I would have passed. Frank Rangello
0: was so cool because I don't remember. I, you know I think of him now as like uh, some uh, guy in Frost Nixon, and yeah. I don't remember being impressed by him. But just and I hated that that me and Robot movie he did. Um, but Frank Rangello was a really cool looking guy back then. He was Dracula. I know. I guess so. Like I could see that. watching right Frank. George Hamilton.
1: Frank he was a he was Rang- a great bad guy in the movie
2: Dave as well. Frank Rangello. Oh, well, that's Rangiello.
0: right, dingus. That's right. Yeah. Dave,
2: the Kevin Kline, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, or Meet Dave,
2: no, the Dave. Murphy movie, which I alone <laughs> have seen for some reason.
0: So Kelly, one brain scan ends with yes. everything's gone to hell. He's getting caught. Uh, the police, even, the police shoot him. The trickster makes the police shoot him dead, and then he wakes up, and it turns out that everything was just a video game
2: after uh-huh. all. So he goes to his <laughs> friend <laughs> who he
0: thought he killed, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. I really love you, man. And, and he huh. goes to appreciate his annoying friend, and his annoying friend says, man, I'm glad you didn't play that game Brain Scan, because I heard on the news it was causing an embolism. And somebody <laughs> died from it, and Edward Fernalong's like, yeah, I know, Right. And then they decide that that they're gonna. uh and then What's he, the act What's the character? <laughs> <laughs> but then it ends with the trickster appearing when he least oh, expected huh, it, get a real holding the video game. And the trickster is going to force him to make the members of his high school horror club because he has a horror <gasps> club in high school. You didn't mention that, yeah. So he's the he's the president <laughs> of the horror club, and, and they the watch, trickster is no, no Edward Furlong's character. Uh, oh. He loves horror movies. <laughs> Um, and the trickster is going to make him subject his horror club to the game brain scan. And
2: how can he enforce that with more tricks? Yeah, because he says, "Boy,
0: the trickster is nowhere near that malevolent dingus." Oh. seriously! Boy. Imagine Beetlejuice played by like a third-rate C-list actor. Who yeah, it's played. like Tim Burton's Phantasm. <laughs>
2: That's what <it> sounds like <laughs> no offense <laughs> to anyone except for. Except for. <laughs> I mean, brain scan sounds great. Thank you for making me want to see another piece of shit. I don't have time for.
0: Kelly, I'm imagining God. At some point, someone probably is going to reboot Phantasm, aren't they? Well,
2: they're going to reboot Brain Scan after tonight, and those people go on to success and for long.
0: What's the weird? What's the movie that's weird because it has Christopher Walken and Natalie? Um, Dormer. No, I can't think of her name. The famous one. Natalie, no, no, Natalie, yeah, yeah, Natalie, Natalie Woods, she one drowned. drowned. Yeah. Uh, oh, whoops. Is uh, that really uh, your number one uh, choice? Uh, yeah, my number.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. My number one choice is Brainstorm. So, Storm! That's what uh, I
2: Oh, I thought we were uh, done. done. I'm sorry. No, no we're not done.
1: My number one is Brainstorm, and the scene is the <laughs> sex loop tape totally kills that guy's career because he has to retire after that. He does. Kelly
0: do you accept that? I thought he
2: just broke his, his dick because it was in the loop, and that's right. Yeah. Our... Okay. He broke his dick. I should write that's that. It's not a game, though. Sex isn't a game, Dingus. If- oh,
0: well. <laughs> but it's creepy because wasn't Christopher walking on the boat when Natalie Woods died?
2: Masturbation's more like a game, though. What were you saying?
0: Good point. <laughs> what I'm saying, Kelly Wand, is what do the readers have for us? What submission? Hey, did they- Dingus want to share anything further about me? No, or-
1: no. You guys uh, introduced it. It's my number one. Brainstorm. I have nothing else to say about it. Let's move on to Brainstorm. reader yeah.
2: submission. Brainstorm. You know what? I would have thought this would be a desert, listener-wise, but no. People were fascinated and intrigued by the depth of the topic, and they wrote in droves, I believe is the word I'm looking for. Cornelius (laughs) writes – I'm assuming that's the writer's name. He signed it at the top. Yes, my pet, come forth and show thy bulb Is it a bowl of soup, a large pot of slime? No, it's the best video game before electricity was invented. Mark cauldron? Oh. thingus. does any of this ring a bell to you?
1: I don't know what's going on.
2: With your hand plunged into this wet, delicious green ancestor of the power glove, each finger operates a long-necked acid-spitting velociraptor head. Pretty neat. See, I thought all this was dialogue from the movie. Cornelius tricked me. Uh it's from you. your highness.
1: Ah, very nice. Thank you, Cornelius, for tricking Kelly Wand.
2: Oh, think hates me. No, I love you. It's a tough for him. Sorry, I like you. Philip Torda writes. So far no one's come up with three. I'm just saying that. Except for me. The Night of young. Olympics. Philip Torta writes, number two, Gamer. Oh, I started to watch this. Tom warned me off it and I ignored it. Game him. doesn't
0: kill anyone. The people kill each other. <laughs> They're not warned
2: yeah, me off of it too. Gamer's the fourth one that I think
0: someone picked, but they, no nobody gets killed by a video game. In I this. wanted
2: to get up to Dexter and I couldn't make it.
0: Gamer is oh. inept. It's also inept and it's not anyone getting killed by a video game. Yeah.
2: Gamer, a guy gets killed during the opening. Slayer's Match, which uses the convicts controlled by video
0: gamers and is then subjected to real-life tea bagging. Right, but it's an actual yeah. kill. And it's not a video game killing someone. It's people driving other people instead of avatars oh, in a video Tom's game. Tom's crossing this one off the list. For someone who didn't <laughs> care about the topic, Tom has a lot of rules
3: on this one,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Number one, the FP Bitro is 187 during an Omega gangsta beat off. Of Beat Beat Revelation against LWE Best due to being the catalyst of J hero's journey. The fuck's that mean, Tom? You're a gamer?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't played DDR in a long time, I'm afraid. I thought you were just reciting code
2: there for a minute. I see how it is. The next reader entry continues. I mean, begins. Arthur Giovanni Gelli writes I tried my best, but I think I did it wrong. Apologies in advance. Oh, so many choices, Tom. Number three, Cloak and Dagger, remember? With Dabney Coleman.
0: I do, and uh, the kid from E.T.
2: Yeah, Uh, Jeremy Davies, correct. Uh, A guy named Morris is playing a fictional video game called Cloak and Dagger when he gets shot by somebody who wants the game cartridge, which has military secrets on it or something, meaning it's the reason why Morris is murdered been a while. Remember, he rolls a die, though, so it's, it wasn't a video game. It was like a role-playing game, wasn't
1: it? Ew. Yeah. That's the first movie I remember seeing with my dad where he was really mad uh, at the movie afterward. Um, and I didn't understand why, uh, but at the end, the the kid shoots somebody, and the kid has to, I mean, the kid makes a decision to kill somebody to save somebody. And I think uh Colan, I mean, and I can't remember how he shoots. It might be Demi Coleman. Is, the, is Dad been the bad guy? I don't remember.
2: No, um, he's, uh, he's his uh, imaginary friend who, like, the super spy. He's the opposite of the bad guy. So the,
1: so the kid shoots somebody and kills him, and my dad was really upset, and I remember driving home after seeing the movie, and am like, why, why are you so upset about that? And, he's, and he said, a, a child shouldn't be doing that in a movie, and, and you shouldn't see a, a child doing that
0: in a movie. Your dad must have loved Hannah.
2: What about Arya? Yeah. I
0: think uh, are i disagree
2: with your dad. Uh, yeah, Just, I, I, yeah,
1: I think we're in a different place now than than we were, say, you know, thirty five years ago. But um,
2: yeah, but your your dad wouldn't think that now, would he? He wouldn't go, oh, Hannah.
1: Well, Who he's certainly not watching uh, Game of Thrones, but uh, but I, I but you're telling <laughs> him how good it is. <laughs> yes, I am, I'm- dude. But uh, but I remember him being so sensitive about that, and me being a little kid going, "Why is my dad so nervous about that?" How old were you? So upset about it? Well, I, don't know. I saw. I was, I was a little kid. You know, I was ten. Yeah. 7, I don't know how. When when was Cloak and Dagger?
2: Uh, I saw when I was a kid, but I remember being anything that exciting happening where uh, yeah, a kid shoots someone. Like I was really
1: no, but the, I I vividly remember the end. I mean, think like, you uh, under What's well. For- Whatever. He's, he's like, like in die. an underpass, and he shoots him, and he's got a gun with a silencer, and he shoots some guy. Isn't that what happens? And my dad was really upset by that. He, he's like a kid. You shouldn't be showing a child killing somebody. I mean, that's just wrong. And what it's if it's just upset.
2: Being, Well.
1: It doesn't sure. matter if it's okay for the story. My dad was just upset that I saw a little kid killing somebody.
2: Mm. I just remember that. Well, Rick Jones caused the Hulk, so you might want to tell your dad that. All right, I'll get right on that. Number two, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. A bit of a reach, but Michael Sarah uses various video game conventions to kill Jason Schwartzman. Tom, we saw that movie together while you pretended to read Jules Verne, um, I believe.
0: No one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, how about Edgar Wright being taken off the Ant-Man movie?
2: Dude, what's up what with that? What is
1: that about? I keep hearing I little snippets about that. What's going yeah. on?
0: And now so, it's, just, it's, I don't know anything about uh, Ant-Man, but I, I was intrigued with the idea of Paul Rudd playing a superhero. And I actually am not a fan. What's the last Edgar Wright movie that I didn't hate? Uh,
2: I liked uh, Hot Fuzz. It's all right,
0: isn't it? Yeah, you I didn't know, like Hot Fuzz. I hated Paul. I that was Sh- Edgar Wright, wasn't it? Paul I didn't oh, see. Sean might be the one. No. Um, and certainly I hated The World's End or whatever that one was. I
2: didn't get that movie. I didn't, didn't like
0: Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, so, it might Sean be Sean of, of the Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. And even that, it feels limited. So at any rate, he has it's his followers, cool. and he certainly has a distinct style, and it's a shame that for whatever reason that he doesn't get to do that with a, superhero, with a Marvel superhero property. Um,
2: Scott Pilgrim I remember liking the first ten minutes of a lot. I,
0: I want to go back and see Scott Pilgrim now that I have a renewed appreciation for Mary Elizabeth Winstead and uh, – yeah. and And uh, what's the short-term 12-girl? Not Alison Brie. Dead gummit.
2: Elizabeth Olsen.
0: Oh. Uh, dingus, what's the what's the actress it's from 14, 12? Oh, I suddenly can't remember. It's not Alison Brie. It's something like that. Brie Larson? Yeah, it's Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because isn't she in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Or am I, again, confusing her with Aubrey Plaza? I well, probably No,
2: am. Aubrey Plaza's not in that. That's where Kennedy... Never mind. Reg Ralph.
0: You're thinking done... of a book depository, Kelly Wand.
2: I don't... You know, metals, arachnids... I know it all, Tom. What do you want to know?
0: Kelly <laughs> Wan, what I want to know is what the next reader has chosen as <laughs> or a favorite for a video game Kill someone.
2: Remember when you said brain scan?
0: <laughs> I watched all three of those this week. I hope you're happy.
2: I apologize. If that makes you
0: feel bad. <laughs> you know, the thing is, Kelly Wann, if I hadn't watched those three crappy horror movies, I would have watched another three crappy didn't horror movies. You not say Tron. I thought you were going to go with Tron, Tron. is not a... a um, it's Tron no, Laser Cane killed oh, that Tron. I thought you meant the original Tron. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. No. That's and it's big, not a person. That's a big choice. It's killing programs. Like an actual maker, the only time a maker gets sucked down into the CPU or whatever is Jeff Bridges and I guess – is that it, right? So the video game never kills people. It's not even a video game. It's a computer. It's just killing programs, right? No video game kills a person in Tron.
2: Dingus, if your dad had seen Tron Legacy, and at the end Bridges sacrifices himself to save so Olivia Wilde can ride the motorcycle, you think he would have disapproved?
1: Uh, I'm sure we did that, and no,
0: because that's totally a cartoon.
2: What were you going to say, Tom?
0: I don't know why you're calling out Olivia Wilde in a movie where Bo Garrett was in that outfit that Mm. she was wearing.
2: Olivia Wilde's good. She's fine. Wait, the one you're talking about's the one who sang that song.
0: <laughs> she what was talking about? about. Wait, wait. No, she's the she's, she's the, the la-
2: laser canes bar, and then she is oh. Garrett Dillahunt at the beginning.
0: Right, right. She's the one who who is Garrett Headland. And She's
2: a robot, and then later she's, she's not. A robot.
0: Yeah, she's like a robot. She's wearing this super tight, like, I think it's like a white outfit or something. I don't like tight – see, I like skin. You
2: like clothes. That's the difference
0: between us. I'm talking about sometimes I, – I don't have a preference one way or the other. A woman can be beautiful, either naked or wearing clothes or wearing oh. tight clothes. It's got nothing to do with it. It just mm-hmm. depends on the circumstance. Bo Garrett in the Tron Legacy movie almost made me want to see the movie a second time.
2: <laughs> That's the circumstance that killed my erection. That's the thing I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But anyway, would you agree... That a about video a video game, g- game killing something.
0: Yeah, would you agree, though, that a video game does not kill a person in Tron? Can we all be agreed on that?
2: Well, wasn't the threat that it was going to take over the world or something? like
0: that? this is. No, you're getting, not applying a Bush doctrine yeah. to this subject. Hey! This topic. That's not how, how this works. How dare
1: you. The anyway, people get rezzed, don't they? They don't get killed.
0: And it's not even people, think it's so that's the point. They're programs. Ah, good point. But aren't people right. just programs? So, I think, nope, you're, nope, you're thinking Look, of corporations.
2: Stalk, stalkers and Wildstar don't have
0: laser guns. According <laughs> <Of course>, Kelly- <laughs> to the Supreme Court, people are programmed. Sorry, Tom. And Kellywan, no one knows what you're talking about. So, let's go to the next <laughs> submission from someone who has a favorite scene in which a video game kills a person. <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
2: Arthur, Jovan, and Jelly's number one is Wreck It Ralph, which I didn't see. Did you see, Tom? I
0: think none of us on the podcast have seen that.
2: Both of you did.
0: So
1: no, we meant place. to after seeing Legoland, but we did not. We did we?
2: Wait, that recently? Oh, you did. Never mind. The wedding scene. Well, here's what happens. Then. This is what we missed. The wedding scene during Sergeant Calhoun's tragic backstory. This sounds like a video game doesn't kill someone. In it. I'm just saying. Didn't see it. Sounds a little shaky. A burst of hilarious and unexpected violence in the middle of an animated comedy is always welcome. <laughs> what? That's not what I, the topic is. God, you people. This ceremony delivers in spades. In addition to featuring a video game character killing someone, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, the wedding's over the top events lampoon juvenile video game writing with surprising insight. Tom.
0: Why are you throwing it over to me? I don't know.
2: I just hear your disgust for everything about video games. Paul Weimer had to work hard, he says, and do some research to try and come up with three movies for Kelly's topic. Number <laughs> Three. I want to apologize again for the topic. Actually, I forget everything I just said. Tom, sorry. Okay. Good. Number three: A Maximum Overdrive,
0: not a video game. I know. Wait, wait a minute. Does he have something where uh, the the spirit of the trucks possesses a video game? And it- wait, yeah, he does. I don't remember. Okay, that, well, let's that. hear this.
2: Yeah. Do you remember? Because I don't remember that. Max Overdrive, a terrible movie to be sure, Paul Wehmer disclaims. A man is mem- mesmerized by an arcade cabinet. This sounds like an IMDb synopsis for uh, Unsharkable. <laughs> so, which fatally electrocutes him when he touches it. I always wondered what that had to do with the sentient trucks gone amok.
0: So that's how you pronounce amok?
2: Mok. He spelled A-M-O-K. And okay. I he urged. Amok time.
0: That, that qualifies. That sounds uh, fair enough to it's me. An, arc- an arcade
2: like cabinet is like the arcade game, like chassis, like the thing that says Ms. Pac-Man, and it's made out of like plastic and wood and shit. That it
0: but called? it also applies to the electronics inside. I think right.
2: It's fairly obvious when he touches it. Why is he suddenly interested in playing Ms. Pac-Man at like after all the trucks get
0: possessed by? Him? Tell you what, you'll have to see uh, Maximum Over- Overdrive, directed by Stephen King himself. Sorry. Answer that question.
2: His directorial debut and bow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we call it just a debut? All in Brazil. <laughs> Paul Weimer's number two is the Thirteenth Floor. Another, the only movie that's the only thing I know about Thirteenth Floor is like it was the one that came out right before The Matrix <laughs> came out, and then
0: wasn't I that Roland was, Emmerich too?
2: Yeah. It was like two butts before The Matrix, so right after The Matrix, and it was like, oh, yeah, it's that not-the-Matrix one.
1: Well, I remember sitting in a movie theater and seeing the trailer for it, and it's a full-packed movie theater at the, in Man's Chinese, and the, the trailer for the 13th Floor plays, and right after it, there's that little bit of silence, and
2: somebody yells,
0: rent it! Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not 13th Floor. 13th Floor is an old thing from 88. What's the thing, the Roland Demerick thing about virtual reality?
2: No, that's the 13th Floor. It's called that.
0: With budget yeah, walls
2: in it. Uh, no, no. That's thirteenth. Uh, they were the
0: matrix as well. No, thirteenth yeah. floor is something else.
2: You know what in the my version of Dingus' thing is there's a preview for the thirteenth floor and it was like a guy goes, What'd you do to the virtual reality? And then the other guy goes, I unplugged it. And then it's like thirteenth floor. Like, oh, if you can just unplug it, that's, that sounds like a solvable problem. Yeah. So that made me want to see it.
0: Oh, so you know what? There's a movie called The 13th Floor, We're 13th – and that's the Roland oh, – No, wait. What the heck? See? Computer scientist, Ow. Hanson Fuller. Yes. So Roland Emmerich was a, a producer on it, apparently. But there's a movie from 10 years earlier called <laughs> The 13th Floor with the number one three.
2: That's fascinating. It has nothing to do with... I'm my glad you to chased that rabbit. Yeah. Well, there are
0: two it's movies called The 13th Floor. Miranda-,
2: That's not Robert Brick.
0: Miranda Otto is in the earlier one. So there. Oh, I
2: like her. Now you yeah. know what? You wanting to see that too. Good work. Yeah. Is that what you wanted? She's a babe. All
0: right. Well, anyway, what does Paul say about the uh, video game killing?
2: In The 13th Floor, Jerry Ashton... He thinks we know the character's name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> by the way, this is it's played by Vincent D'Onofrio. This yes, is the one. Dinofrio. He says that. He does. This is the one produced. Okay, this is the one produced by Roland Emmerich. For some reason, the name sounds funny.
2: Gets killed in a car crash out inside of the 1937. Oh, it's like La Noire, Tom. La Simulation that inhabit, setting up the eventual end of the movie's <laughs> dénouement. One layer up the game ladder, when we learn that Death's surprising consequence colon A player in the simulation who dies is replaced mentally by the person they're controlling. What? I guess that's what Tron does, too. It's like people who don't play video games try and figure out what... Like, they think it's just like a cable you stick into your finger, like at the hospital.
0: Or like Avatar.
2: Or Avatar, right. And there's a tree on the planet that also... Oh,
1: man, I should have chosen Avatar.
2: Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, I feel bad, too.
1: I should have an Avatar for all three of mine. Oh, that would have been a great way to go. Rats.
2: Number one, Death to the Demon, Ted Pickle. What? Ted Pickle. In Existence.
0: Oh, this is a good one. Existence, Tom. Come on. What's wrong with this? It's Minor Cronenberg.
2: Oh, it's a fucking video game. It's definitely a video game. Although it is doing. See, that's the thing. Cronenberg got away with doing the same thing that you're making fun of Brain Scan for, where it's like the video game's just people running around.
0: Yeah, well, that's because Andrew Kevin Walker is no David Cronenberg, Kelly Wond.
2: He didn't have, like, fake sea creatures around. Make you go, oh, see, it's a video game. Look, it's got lobsters. Jennifer Jason Lee's Allegra Geller gleefully shoots Jude Law's Ted Pickle at the ostensible conclusion. Of the game to win, or is it the end? One of my favorite movies of all time, even with its flaws. Why wow. dog?
0: Paul's making me want to see it again. Uh, remember what, Kelly Wand?
2: Remember the dog in it? it was different in the flashback from the dog at the end? It's like Schrodinger's
0: dog. Right, I'll give it another watch. As long as it's not. You made me watch that terrible Cronenberg thing with the rape slugs. I don't want to have to oh, see another one sweet. of those. What? Oh, that would be rules. You're weird for not liking that movie. <laughs> but you, I'll sit yeah. through I'll sit through existence again for Paul Weimer. I'm willing you to try that. that set, and it was like old women getting
2: dissected and fucking high-rise shit. Come on. What? There's nothing not to like about that movie. By like the man. way,
0: that was probably also shot in Toronto. What do you think of that, Kelly Wand?
2: Did you like The Brood? Did you ever see that
0: one? I just see that again. I don't remember. You know what? I've maybe never seen that one. Is that with that, uh, not Laurence Olivier, Oliver Reed? Is he in The Brood? Yeah. Maybe I should see that. Okay. Is the brood good? Does that hold up? Yeah. You know what? I'm not gonna ask you about Cronenberg anymore. Uh Paul Weimer, write in. Let me know if I should see the brood. I don't trust Kelly Wand. If, if
2: <laughs> Based on what? What if I Oh, this topic.
0: No, the one with the rape slugs. The Cronenberg uh,
2: I totally stand by that.
0: What was that even called? Slither? No, not Slither. That's Slither. No, it was,
2: uh that's James Gunn, your other favorite. Uh not Splinter. It, they Came From Within is the cool title, and Shivers is the weak-ass American. Title. Shivers? Oh, my God. That is terrible. See, that's why you didn't like it. Jeez. But what if it's called – you don't remember the scientists? Oh, never
0: mind. You're they sure. Came From Within – no, I remember the scientists basically sitting in a mop closet. It was past, passing off as a laboratory. Um, it's just like no-budget Cronenberg doing really gross, weird – you know, rapey sexual stuff. It yeah, was I mean, awesome. Oh, it's so weird. Did you
2: see uh, Crimes of the Future, his student film? Ugh, wow. It's got, like, it's got like feet in it.
0: It's, a lot, it's like feet cream. No, but unlike you, I did bubbles. see his son's movie, Antiviral. I couldn't get into it. I was having you No, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Oh, Until you watch the whole thing, you haven't seen it.
2: Jaime Cabrera. Hello, all Jamie here. <laughs> see, because Jamie Lannister it spells his name that way, so. I wanted to set the record straight and say Dingus was right about how to pronounce my name. What did he say, Dingus? What would you say his name was?
1: I said his name was pronounced El Guapo.
2: Thanks, Dingus. People don't usually get that right. You are currently my favorite person on the podcast. Until he hears this one. (laughs) Best three scenes where a video game kills someone. Number three, Lawnmower Man. Virtual reality, not a video game. Like Disclosure, Tom. That's another one we should have said. Remember that one, Michael Douglas at the end? It's like a rape movie, but it turns into a virtual reality
0: movie.
2: Interesting. Um, Job, the lawnmower man, (laughs) gets smarter through some VR experimentation in the end. His physical body dies when his consciousness permanently enters the virtual world. Tom, did you read the short story Lawnmower Man where the guy just eats grass?
0: You know, I did see Transcendence, though.
2: Number two, The Matrix. Yes, I know. Virtual reality again. Man, Woman in the Wet Dress. Remember that guy? What was his name? Weasel. The scene where two people get killed because they're disconnected. See, that's where Unplugged is bad, but in 13th Floor, it's good. Think about it. Wreck-It Ralph in It Turbo, a.k.a. Candy, is killed when another video game's bugs invade the game he's hiding out of. Tom, we should see this. It's making People talk about it a lot
0: like it's something really big. Turbo or Wreck-It Ralph? I couldn't tell from what you... Yep. Turbo, the thing with the racing snails... Uh, no. I thought you said something about Turbo. Uh, yeah, I know. I've been told I should see Wreck-It Ralph. I, uh, I'll but see Existence first, and then I'll see Wreck-It Ralph. I'll have seen out
2: al- that
1: already. Yeah, well, you, see it again. You have to see Frozen before you see Wreck-It Ralph.
0: I've seen yeah. Frozen, where the couple get stranded on the ski lift. Oh, They're then you're couple, fine. three people, yeah. You
2: have to see Flushed Away before you see Frozen, because you have to see the liquid before solid. And then Ice Age is, like, more of it.
0: Because see, the squirrel can't get the acorn, get it? Uh, All of those movies go by, he still can't get his acorn. We can't watch
2: Roadrunner cartoons because they're too violent that we can watch Ice Age movies. Because it's bullshit science. You heard me. Dishonorable mention, Gamer, only gets a dishonorable mention because it was an awful movie. The specific scene, every kill in the movie, except maybe the last one. Ha ha, he watched the whole movie, Tom, of Gamer.
0: I've been there as well. I think I did that too.
2: Love the show. Jaime? It's Jaime, yes. Josh Lubliner writes, Here are my three favorite movies where video games kill people. Actually, the only thing I could think of, I'm not going to use Tron, since Kelly mentioned it when he announced the topic. <laughs> <laughs> I announced the topic? Number three. <laughs> Brain Scab. I think a video game kills some people in this movie, or maybe it was Edward Furlong. I don't remember exactly. I'm watching it again to find out. That's kind of what you said, Tom, a little bit – you sound like you just watched it this week again. Tom actually watched
1: the movie,
0: and he made a full report. But you know what? If I'm going to be calling out things like Gamer for the video game not actually killing someone – because I don't think I think the thing is the trickster tricks Edward Furlong into doing the killing, That's and then he sick. believes it's in a video game. So you know what? I think I'm going to rule out my own choice. Whoa! But I don't think that qualifies. All
2: right, so you you pick Eagle Eye then.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're number four.
0: <laughs> but Josh, yeah, you do you do not need to see unless you really want to see what a terrible screenwriter uh, Andrew Kevin Walker is. You can do that two, one of two ways. You can either watch Seven or you can watch Brain Scan. And one of them is a great use of your time, however. <laughs> well, since I've
2: seen Seven and I know what happens at the end, Kaiser Soze shows up.
0: I'm so annoyed that
2: you think that's poorly
0: written. I, I'm not poorly, it's just a terrible script. It's a, it's a mundane pedestrian script. What's the difference? Uh, well, you can have a well – I don't I don't really know how well-written the script is, but I just think that the story it's telling in that regard – like it might be full of great little uh, verbal flourishes for all I know. It might be brilliantly written, but as far as a script for a movie, a blueprint for a movie, there's nothing inspiring there, I think.
2: Hmm. I'm really confused now. You made more sense before when you just said it was terribly written.
0: Well, I want to say you can make a – A well-written year. movie with terrible words, but – you can make a good movie out of a boring script if you're a great director, and I think that's what happened with Seven.
2: Yeah, but then you said you didn't know if it was badly written. And then I
0: got I'm just it. saying I don't. It's, it's. I'm not saying it's like poor quality or text sure. about words. I'm saying that it's. It's. It's nothing that hasn't been done in a hundred other movies already. This mm-hmm. idea of the two cops chasing the serial killer—one is about his days from retirement, the other one is the hotshot new rookie.
2: But that's what I—I th- I don't know. That's—I think I'm a little with dingus. Like I think that's what makes it kind of work because you kind of zone out, like going, "Oh, no, it's the same fucking movie I've seen a thousand times."
0: And but I if it hadn't been shot with David Fincher's like trademark, no, no, yeah, totally. Then I-, I think you would just get a completely forgettable movie. But I don't. It, it could be, it could be fine. It could be serviceable. You know, all those Morgan Freeman, uh, kiss the girls and say goodbye. You know, all those things. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um,
1: but- kiss the girls and say goodbye is awesome.
0: <laughs> There's movies like that. They're called things
1: like that. Oh yeah, they're all James Patterson novels. That the girls say goodbye. <laughs> Are those two different movies? All right, whatever. This is Kiss be-
2: the girls dot dot dot. Oh, I can't wait for the Lipsis movie to go along. <laughs> I, you know, Tom. Yes, coming on. We talked about anime maybe half an hour, and this topic is now maybe it's third hour. So I'm just saying it's rich and fertile with depth and yeah, fascinating. It's fertile
0: with something.
2: <laughs> And you know who said the most? <laughs> Tob Chick. <laughs> because he cares. <laughs>
1: so, Where's anyway, over oh, yesterday. There was a movie that came out at the same time, around the same time as Seven, with Sigourney Weaver in it, that was sort of the same kind of like.
2: Ben I think
1: No, no, no. It was. um. Death, not, and,
2: Death, not, and, Death not, and the Maiden wasn't.
1: No, no, no. It was uh, Sigourney Weaver and. Um, uh, and I've, uh, who's, who's the who's the dude who's the crooner who's like Frank Sinatra? But oh
0: gosh, darn it, Harry Dean. Nelson. No, no. Harry, Harry no, it's Harry something. Harry, it is Harry. B twenty-five bomber movie, Memphis Bell. Yeah, uh, not Harry Dean Stanton, but something that. Harry
2: like. Modine.
0: No, Harry, well, Mo, Harry Modine. <laughs> Harry O. D. that's oh, Harry Connick
2: it.
1: Jr.,
0: Harry Connick Jr. Oh,
1: thank you, Harry Connick Jr. They were both in it and it was oh, at okay. the same time, at the same or about the same time as Seven came out and it was horrible. Um and it was kind of like this rote sort of serial killer drama. And so I, I get I kind of get what Tom's going for. I don't agree with him that that Seven is poorly written or is is a bad script. But but I get how that sort of we're just going to throw out this same sort of idea of the serial killer. Serial killers were all hot nowadays. At
0: right. Point. Um, I can't remember what it's called though. It's a Kearney, It's a Sigourney Weaver, Harry Connick Jr. Thing is, how about if I read you the IMDb description of the movie? <laughs> okay. An agoraphobic psychologist and a female detective must work together to take down a serial killer who copies serial killers from the past. The movie is Copycat. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
2: laughs> How do we forget that title? I, don't know. I didn't know there was an agoraphobic. It Came out it. right after. Yeah, it was a seven tribute. <laughs> but but that's why it made me <laughs> think
1: of that because it's it copies serial killers. So and that, that was just oh it was just so uh, unartfully or, or just t- terribly directed oh, yes. that okay. that, uh, that I that I'm kind of you know I I I think. I was so I admired seven so much I, I admired the script too, um, and I'm wondering like do I have to go back and look at that again uh, and then when I think of
0: copycat, I think Tom might be right but I, let, let me let me give you some other examples of things written by Andrew Kevin Walker besides Seven, and maybe this will help you guys. You already know about brain scan How about eight oh. millimeter or, or Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. or that classic Mike Nichols movie, The Wolfman Ugh. Those are other uh, things written by Andrew Kevin Walker. So if you want to maintain that, sure, yeah, the script for Seven is great. Andrew Kevin Walker and David Fincher collaborated and both had equal input into making it brilliant. Yeah, just check out some of those other movies when you get a chance. <laughs> which one is The Wolfman? Is that the uh, – It's a Benicio the Benicio del Toro one where he and Anthony Hopkins hop around at the end with this like CG werewolf fight, which is so embarrassingly bad. Oh, it's not the one where uh, Jack Nicholson pees on. Ah, James that's Spender. a great
2: one. I love that one.
0: Where Wolf Jack is James- awesome. Wolf. Jack Nicholson pees on what? Jack Nicholson pees Sp- on. Jack Nicholson peas on James Spader. Yeah.
2: Mark in the territory, and he's in. No, he's a writer. too. He's an editor. Any being in Wolf Werewolf is fucking
0: awesome. Yeah, but Kevin Andrew Walkins uh, Walkers, The Wolf Man is. Wolf uh, is good, and American Werewolf Werewolf is good. Those are the two good ones.
2: And Wolf's Hour Times, you read that, or the werewolf's a uh, spy, World War Two. You
0: know, Kelly, one, not many people know this, but uh, what's that French That Brotherhood of the Wolf is not about werewolves. Le Pacte huh. de Loup. Do you know why that is? Um, Because it's about brothers? Nope, because, spoiler, it's like a Scooby Doo thing at the end where people are tricking people and making them think they're werewolves. Hey, it wouldn't have been for you meddling Frenchmen. Yeah, if it wouldn't have been for you uh, meddling, uh, uh, what's the woman from Irreversible? Um, what's her name? That super Monica hot. Monica Bellucci. Yeah, if it wasn't for you meddling, Monica brrr, Yeah. Wait. What's your What's your favorite movie about
1: wolves?
2: Me?
0: Yeah. Never Cry Wolf with uh, Charles Martin Smith. Oh, that's a good one. That's not Charles Martin Smith, though.
2: You know, if I was um, a meddling kid, I'd be more scared of old weird people like pretending to be monsters than monsters okay like that's they're, they're obviously crazy
1: speaking of peeing i, I love the whole like what took uh, the wolf what it took me like 25 cups of tea took the wolf like 10 minutes he, there's a whole peeing sequence in never require wolf that i really liked
0: i don't people don't, the, give, don't give enough credit to bob balaban for how good he was in that movie i'm just really disappointed that <laughs> Everybody's, everybody's remembering the wrong person. He was so good in that. You guys are all like Charles Grant and Smith.
2: I thought that was Wallace Shawn. Well, my my favorite would be The Gray, of course. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's move on. Thank way to Buzzkill. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, movies where video games kill people. Number one, Josh Lubner's is War Games. Wait, nobody dies in that, do they? Westworld. Now oh, that's not a video game. <sighs> I think it would have taken Westworld. I almost chose Westworld. I think that's a great
0: choice. It's an amusement park, not a video game.
2: Right. Well, it's a real live video game. The way Wildstar... Never mind. Buzz marketing. Gave up. Uh, no, wait, I got it. Cloak and Dagger. I bet something died in that. Hey, he's making fun of me. Yep, it's on Netflix streaming. <laughs> I got kids killed the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Much to Degas' father's disgust. The kid from E.T. has a different, adorable little sister who isn't Drew Barrymore. 1984, same year's last Starfighter. Same year for getting killed by video games, I guess or because of video games, whatever. (laughs) Thanks says Josh. (sighs) Tom, I hate people who just ramble on and don't make points and just say weird, slow, drawly words. David Henderson. Yeah.
0: My favorite uh, scene in which a guy gets killed by video game. It's when those hundreds of people in those troop transport ships get killed in, um, Ender's game. Mm, Does that count? Kelly wand.
1: There were troop transports. Uh, as it turns out, that wasn't a simulation.
0: Oh, then it's not a video game. Dadgummit, dingus is
2: Dadgummit. All right. Well, no, the troll part was real. Or was that part real? The whole movie's a troll. David Henderson writes, hey, guys, this is a tough topic. See?
0: He gets well, it. tough is a very kind word.
2: He means challenging. I would use, Dang, I would th- use a different th- word. Awesome? <laughs> but I ain't sitting out this multiplayer session. <laughs> See? Tom, oh, nice. writing for you. It's like a triple XP weekend on the 3x3. Three
0: three. Hmm? Nice work, David Henderson. You've already put ten times as much thought as Kelly Wand into this topic.
2: <sighs> Number three in Disney's Wreck-It Ralph, Calhoun. Voice <laughs> Shut up, dingus. We're going to watch this movie together, and you're going to understand it. <laughs> Will you say that like uh, Arlie or me, please? Calhoun! Or Jane Lynch. I don't know if I can say that like earlier, right? Tails, fix it, Felix! Wait, is that who plays? Shut up, Dingus. You're distracting me with your good pitching sessions. Character dies outside of his own video and will not regenerate. Look, we didn't see the movie. We can't talk about the movie. <laughs> There's no medieval times in it. At the end of the Bishop of Battle, as part of the compilation movie Nightmares... Oh, I was trying to remember what this one was. Remember that movie, Tom? Nightmares? The
0: anthology? No, I don't know it.
2: A blonde-haired Emilio Estevez... Is there any other kind? is absorbed into the video game by the Bishop. We don't get to see much more than a frightened Estevez. It's like a pretty quality payoff. <laughs> We don't get to see much more than a frightened Estevez. That's
3: all we get. That's
2: all we get, just one. But I liked this death because it reminds me of how I felt when I played the game Snark Souls.
1: All right, this is um, the carbon match the Are we...
2: Uh, sorry, David Henderson. It's, he came on an off night. Number one, I like how Saul was dragged out of his chair and under his desk when he was killed in How to Make a Monster. number one how to make a monster Tom (laughs) alright I think the filmmakers did a decent job of combining how Saul's death was happening in the game and in real life at the same time I also think this scene taps into gamers fears of having to leave their chairs in the middle of a gaming session
0: I think David Henderson is pulling our leg
2: now. Yeah, he had to watch it to make the sale. So, whose leg is he really pulling? DLC: How to Make a Monster. Maybe you want to see a movie in which a computer takes over the mind of a guy in a motion capture suit and is rampaging around the game studio instead of leotards. Oh yeah, it was called Grudge Match. Was uh, Robert De Niro. Sylvester Stallone. I can't remember his name, Tom. You ever forget Stallone's name?
0: <laughs> his name I've never forgotten, even once.
2: That's the one I'll always remember. Stallone. It's almost a tongue twister.
0: Is the Italian Stallion, and that's like a mnemonic Stallone. device to remember Stallone. Stallion, see? Yeah. See? Now I just need one of those for Schwarzenegger. That's constantly like i constantly forgetting his name.
2: That Seven needed. If you ask me. I'm no video game. Shill, but <laughs> Nicky <D>. writes <laughs> number three. Swingers. Vince Vaughn uses a video game to kill Wayne Gretzky. The horror. Let's uh, just make his head bleed. But I like your choice. That was a great game. Number two. Back to the Future Two. See Tom the second time. Back to the Futures come up tonight. Hmm. It's like a double almost. Michael J. Fox uses a video game to kill several cowboys. For no reason other than to prove he's still a crack shot to some local future kids. I kind of saw I was just we were setting up the other the third number one war games. Joshua, the sentient defense AI, uses a video game to kill millions in order to learn that nuclear war is a zero sum game. Hey Dingus, what if um, who was Dr. Chandra in 2010? Was that Wally Shantu? too? Is Bob Balaban? Stop it. What if about-
0: Charles Martin Smith?
2: What if Charles Martin Smith, the guy who wrote Nightwings, was also in War Games as the same character and crying like, no, that's not how tic-tac-toe works. No, nobody He's... cries in that. There's no crying in War Games.
0: <laughs> no, Wait, what, what did you say about Nightwings?
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a bookend movie. Written by a guy named Martin Cruz Smith, and I was trying to do a... Uh... It's, the,
0: it's the movie with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, about the killer bats, right?
2: Yeah. Oh. But there's a book it was based on. Right?
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. You know what? There was a later movie. I think it was actually called Bats with Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, Nightwings. I've never seen that as a kid. <laughs> I like
1: how you said that. Is there an exclamation mark?
0: Yeah, yeah, there should be. Bats. Uh,
1: this Bats. <laughs> Martin Cruz Smith wrote uh, Gorky Park, didn't he?
0: Oh, did really? he? I don't know. But uh, Nightwing was a jeez, an, an Arthur Hiller movie from the seventies about bats. I do remember seeing that see? as a hit. Killer bats plague an in Indian reservation in New Mexico.
2: Is that the one for the Wal- Walter Hill one?
0: Arthur Hiller. Uh, Whatever Walter Hill. <laughs> I would like to Walter see a Walter else. Hill movie it's about
2: bats, Yeah, McNulty versus a bunch of bats.
0: No, is Nightwing the one where – or maybe I'm thinking of the Lou Diamond Phillips one – where they have to uh, barricade themselves, I think, in like a school or something, so they they staple or they nail up um, chain-link fences to all the windows and doors. Like huh. in a zombie siege, you have to board them up, but when they're bats, you just put up a chain-link fence. And Why wouldn't yeah. chain-link fences work against zombies? Well, because they're against zombies? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen? Because I've seen, a, a, I can think of at least two scenes in Walking Dead where zombies just pile up against a chain link fence and the thing falls over. Yeah, it, that's it. That seems just like tumbles was... right over. There, it
2: would be so easy. Zombies would be super easy to fucking those when they um. What are those things called? Where they stick? They impale the zombies on the ramparts. What are those things? Spikes. Spikes. Spikes would be enough because they would just like – you just get tons of shish kebab zombies and right. the weight of it would just push them more into the, the – the what are they calling them? Spikes? <laughs> Spikes into the ground.
0: I do I do think the lethality of a zombie apocalypse has been overestimated yeah. in a lot of – populations. people
2: <laughs> are worrying about nothing and right. it's weird because it's like – it's something that I think we just sort of pretended made sense when we were
0: kids and now it's like – We should be calling them out for that. You're right. Well, so, yeah, yeah, It would be no so, big deal. It would be easy. Chain link fences should work. Spikes chain link fences, you're good to go.
1: Chain link fences wouldn't work against bats.
0: They can just slither right through that. Well, they they have to That's, pull their wings in. They have to like time when they pull their wings in. If their wings are extended, Dingus, they'll bang into the chain link fence. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but now that you mention it, Dingus, it does seem like the bats would just hit the fence and perch on it and then maybe get through anyway. Right. I think they did die in the end of the movie, so...
2: That might So the takeaway is bats are way harder. A, a bat apocalypse would be.
0: So Kelly Warren, here where I here where what? I live, anytime you see, anytime it's like around dusk or whatever, and you <laughs> see a bird flying, Dingus yes. is like, that's a bat." Really? No, it's not a bat. Like, Dingus sees a bird, he's like that's a bat. Like, Dingus, there's no bats around here. It's not a bat. Where do they live if there's bats around here? They live in the trees at night. No, Dingus, there's no bats in the trees at night. That's not. <laughs> Maybe he means the. Base they live in the palm bat. trees. No, Dingus, a bat does not live in a palm tree. That's not how that works. Bats need a cave or an attic or something. There's a bat. Look, there's a bat. Anytime you if you saw
2: E.T.'s bike, he'd say
0: that. There's
2: a
1: ton of bats around here. It's, a ton of bats. It, this
0: place hey, is rife that, with bats. I thought they
2: travel in murders. Murder of bats. <laughs> a ton of bats, all right.
0: When's the last time we had a good killer bat movie, though?
2: Dingus's imagination. So. Every moon. Wait, is it every night? I think it would have been um, Rise of oh, the Dark Knight Rising. Ah, very good. He has kind of given <laughs> uh I like that he feels the need to announce it to you more than once. Bat's back. See? You gotta take care of that. Get out the broom. <laughs> Solitary bat-sided. sighted. <laughs> like Killers. I'm on Bat Patrol tonight. And it's like yeah, the TV antenna. You don't want to tell him, <laughs> Slow <Slip> kid. Um... <laughs> And the finally, in perhaps the greatest topic ever discussed on the internet, Aaron Vaughn writes Dear QT383X3, there are two threes, Tom, back to back. Did you plan it that way? Never mind. I decided to skip all the obvious instances of video games killing people to avoid another roller coaster instance. <laughs> See, Tom? People remember <laughs> how many great topics I've come up with in almost as many weeks in light of this I only have one choice this week that man is playing Galaga Avengers I almost chose this, that's great who dies?
0: yeah Are everybody on that helicarrier what? oh, maybe it doesn't go down What's Captain you? America Winter Soldier those helicarriers go down the helicarrier in the Avengers never falls, Angus. but a lot of people die while he's playing that game does anyone get killed on the helicarrier when they're uh, yeah, doing the Hawkeye raid? Uh, yeah, is all, see, all, those all heavy, the Hulk and the Thor fight. Like, do they show people getting killed? They show them getting thrown out. Maybe they pop parachutes. Oh no, the bad guys get thrown out. But yeah. do we need do any you, of the good guys, like the regular personnel on the shield helicarrier? Oh, uh,
2: so, Coulson, Agent Coulson. Yeah, and his his bat cards. Well,
0: thing is, if you've seen Agents of Shield, you know he didn't die. Hey, hey don't,
2: don't uh, Oh, sorry,
0: alert. sorry.
2: Um, if you put the Hulk on a fucking flying helicarrier, you deserve
0: what happens. That's all I'm saying. Kelly, one, you're as brilliant as Loki. See? My
2: tax dollars are going to be paying. I'm not paying for helicarriers, same check. <laughs> that's my rule. I'm writing all that in the memo every IRS day, whatever it's Kelly, Kelly is, a, is brilliant as a bag of cats. Batman is playing Galaga. Questions, I'll answer them. Aaron Vaughn continues. Early on in the Avengers, Iron Man calls out a suspicious-looking S.H.I.E.L.D. nerd. Hmm. A S.H.I.E.L.D. nerd's an interesting phrase considering how long the di- Never mind. You guys went on for ten hours. No solutions. Playing Galaga on his machine. So a suspicious fact confirms my theory that he wasn't simply playing Galaga. Is that what Dingus was implying? He's a double agent? Like no. And his cover? Oh. Okay. So he's a double In high school, a friend of mine installed an NES simulator, Tom, this is probably more for you, on his computer that contained a Trojan on it, Uh, Genghis, this part may be more for you, and led to the collapse of his parents' credit score. I'm led to believe that the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent is actually a Hydromole who, under the guise of Caligans. Okay, so it's my theory. So anyone know the real culprit is? It's that Ganesiri copy of Galaga. One runner up when the Statue of Breeding Ghostbusters 2 is controlled by the NES Advantage controller. It kills a police car, not a human, though, so it doesn't count. Thanks for the podcast,
0: Aaron. All right, runners up, gentlemen, where a video game kills a person. Um, All right, good. Then let's go to next week's topic. <laughs> In
2: Thor: The Dark World, um, it didn't happen, so I can't mention it.
0: So it is summertime. This is official. It is. We're past Memorial Day. We are officially in summer. There's crappy movies that we're avoiding. Although, actually, I it, have you guys. Is Maleficent a crappy movie?
1: I've heard it is. I'm he- I've heard it's okay. no Snowman and
0: Snow White and the Huntsman. Uh, See, I get it
2: confused, because then Charlize Theron had a movie, and she was
0: Snow White's mom. But then Sigourney Weaver had one. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, so it's summertime, and we we have the movies to avoid to prove it. Um, But one of the hallmarks of summertime is – And this is the topic for next week's 3 by 3 I'm just going to say the words, and then you have to tell me your favorite scenes involving these words. You can do whatever you like with this. Unlike Kelly Wand, I'm not going to narrow this down into a restrictive non-topic. I'm going to just leave this wide open. I'm going to say two words. Why not? And all you have to do is make those words be part of a scene in a movie. Tell me three of them. Uh send them in uh, as your picks. And you, Dingus and Kelly Wand, I want to know your picks as well. These are scenes involving, in honor of summer, ice cream. Oh, that's good. All right. Uh, no, ah. qu- no questions will be allowed. Just ice cream scenes. Do what you will with it. Um, next week, let's see The Edge of Tomorrow. Starring Emily Blunt. Mm. Who was also in that Wolfen movie with, or the uh, Wolfman movie with Benicio del Toro? Poor little Emily Blunt. It's back when she was doing crappy movies. But
2: she wasn't the Tom Cruise love interest in Oblivion, your favorite movie last year.
0: Uh, I don't even think she was even in it, much less not the love interest. Yeah.
2: But she's British, so hello. Emily
0: Blunt? No, oh, she's not. Oh. Please. Well, you know. She's probably, I think she's from, like, Pacific Palisades. She's from the continent, I read. <laughs> It, it is always weird. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like maybe she'll do a fake accent like Rose Byrne in Neighbors sometimes, but no. A hobby. She's totally American. Kelly, when you saw your sister's sister. Was that yeah. a British woman in that? No. Uh, no it was couple, of, a couple of American girls. Yeah. It was? Of course. Now,
2: come on, your tricks.
0: You think Rosemary DeWitt is British too? Actually, not many people I'm know Rosemary DeWitt is Australian. That's the
2: same thing. It's an island. <laughs>
0: Uh, So we'll be seeing Edge of Tomorrow. See that as well. Uh, Join us for the podcast next week. Send your ice cream scenes to 3x3 at quarterto3.com. That's the number 3, the letter X, the number 3, at, and then spell out quarterto3.com. We'd love to read them on the air. Try to scoop us. Oh, very good. Kelly Wan, why didn't you save that for next week? You know what? Use it again next week, and maybe we'll have forgotten how awesome it was. We'll forget that we heard it, and it will be awesome again.
2: The way you forget all the awesome things I say, <laughs> if I'd ever said any.
0: Uh, I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by uh, Christian Murawski. It's Christian Murawski and Kelly Wand. Lawnmower Man's cool.
1: Top
2: of girl, but hmm. Brain scan, IMDb. A teenager's part of an interactive video game where he kills innocent victims. Later, the murders become real, Dingus. Are you a guy? In your free time, I mean. <laughs>